Fighters! It's Sunday night. Time for a street fight. It's going down 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every single week as long as we're in town. This is the place to be. If you want to get on the phone line, the number is 614-412-5252. We are quite full so far, uh, so get in there quick. Otherwise, you might want to wait until next week. We are coming to you live out of the Free Press Studios here in downtown Columbus, Ohio. Uh, 92.7 or 98.3 on that radio dial. We are WCRS-FM Community Radio. It's the best you can get. It's WCRS. Check out WCRSFM.org if you want to just listen to the show and you don't feel like calling in. You can stream it live from the main page. You can also check out the other programs that we have available by just going to the Programs tab on WCRSFM.org. Uh, my name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We've been doing this for seven years now. We show up every single week because it's another day that we can fight for truth and justice uh, in a very un-American way, because that's not working for most of us. So for those of you that are down with that plan and want to help spread peace and love and partying to every corner of this flat earth, thank you for being here, or thank you for checking us out for the very first time. Wow, that is some exciting music we're coming in on here. Tetsuya Naito's entrance music we're coming into this week. I don't know what it's called. I wish there was a name. I love it when wrestling themes have a name. Because they're always like power, fight, and glory and stuff. Yeah, it sounds like uh, the music for a waiting screen on like a SNK fighting game. Oh, it's called Stardust. It's a pretty song. Tranquilo! Yeah, that is soaring. I that feel is, pretty tranquilo right the now. Intro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can keep up with that kind of energy, that dazzling kind of energy. It's good. We have that, that Los and Gobernables. We're Los and Gobernables. We're ungovernable, right? That's the, that's the plan. That's me and you. We're the most ungovernable radio show on the radio. We play Los and Gobernables theme. It's perfect. It's perfect. How are you doing today? So far, so good. Uh, working all day on Patreon rewards that are super late. That happens. It does. We're slow. I mean, you know, you can't expect anything out of us. Procrastinators get it done, but just at the very last minute. Yeah. We get it done, though. That's the point of it, right? I walked. It's time to look at how long. I walked 8.6 miles today. That's what I did today. Did a nice eight-mile walk. Felt okay. nice. Feels nice. I mean, I'm like I'm trying to build my callus back up because like I don't want like right now when I walk eight miles, I feel like I'm crawling to my house by the end of the walk. But now I feel a little bit better. I feel like uh, I, I, I'm I'm starting to get my legs back together and everything's going, everything's working again. You know, you getting pumped Outside. for spring? I am. I'm oh, fuck. You ready to stop walking at the malls and start? Hitting the pavement. I wish I walked the malls. I don't walk the malls. You I hate the mall. I, do, I don't ever have fun there. But you know what? If you go to the mall and you know you're not going to buy anything, you can just like gleefully laugh. Like these suckers aren't going to get a fucking penny out of me. <laughs> Soaking up all this fresh air conditioning. Stepping all over this clean pathways. Just using the shit out of their building. Yeah, I don't like... I don't know. I guess I could go there. I can't you, take anybody with me. You'll get a pretzel, though. That'll ruin the whole walk. A $8 pretzel. Yeah, you know what? Actually, this I got to take your daughter to the mall, and I know why you complain about it now, because she wanted pretzel bites. 
And I was like, you don't need pretzel bites. They're like a dollar fifty more. And she's like, well, I don't like the shape of pretzels. I was like, but that's how they started. <laughs> this is this is like when people now want to do weed without smoking at first. And it's like, no, you have to start with the primitive way. You know, people in Germany, however many hundreds of years ago, they rolled up their bread into a pretzel. That's what you get. And these little nuggets aren't worth that much more. And sh- and you know what? <laughs> I put the trash away, and like the bottom quarter of the bucket was still filled with pretzel nuggets. It's like that was the extra that we paid for right there. She does not ever like. This first of all, you, what show. you have to do, what you have. Well, the, her bonus show went up this week, so we get we get our fair time. She, uh, you should have made her explain why she doesn't like the shape of the other pretzels. That's what I would do. I'd be like, "What do you mean you don't like the shape? What does that have to do with anything?" She, I, every time I grill her, she has her indisputable response, which is, "It's just a preference. People have preferences, <laughs> Brett." <laughs> I wonder where she like, got that from. I don't know who <laughs> forwarded that idea to her. Yeah, Mr. Preference. I have a lot of preferences. What do you want me to say? She is something, man. I, like, yeah, every time I go to the mall, I have to buy pretzel bites. And also, like, she gets some more out of me. She gets a pair of shoes a lot of times. It'll just be like, I don't have $50. And she'll be like, ugh, And then it's like, okay, I got $50 so that I don't have to hear this. (laughs) Yeah, and now you can go on an 8-mile walk and no one will want to join you on that. I try, man. I try to get people on an 8-mile walk. I try to get them to go walk with me all the time, but now I feel bad a little bit because they'll be like, oh, what do you want to do? You just want to walk? And I'm like, fine, I won't ask you to go with me then. It's like when I used to go to the movies all the time. They make fun of me for going to the movies all the time. So I quit going to the movies. I was like, I'm not going to let you people shame me out of the things that I like to do. You should raise money for, like, Kratom Awareness or something by, like, walking all the way to D.C. and getting paid, like, per mile that you walk or something. Have people pledge. I would love to do that. If I didn't have to camp, though, I would need to have a hotels along the way that I could sleep at. And okay. it would probably take 40 days to it do that. It would be a while. Walk. Yeah, I like to take a, a break in a hotel, a luxury hotel. I don't want to end up on like I always hear people doing the Appalachian Trail, and I'm like, that sounds beautiful for like one day. But then when like my wife had a friend at work that decided they were going to do the Appalachian Trail, right? And they're walking, and uh, she talks about, oh yeah, I mean, I got used to it. You know, the first few nights when you're sleeping and there's like rats crawling around in the place that you're sleeping, that's kind of gross, and I don't like it. But then I got used. To it after a while it's like i don't want to get used to that man that's why i don't go camping my whole family's planning a camping trip without me because they were like we just didn't think you'd want to go and i was like mm, you're kind of right but i'm doing that but i did i am like in my mind now feeling like i should go on a camping trip because bad dads don't do that's what bad dads do right like they but then my wife was like but also you know another thing that bad dads do they go on the camping trip and complain the whole time oh (laughs) yeah that's a pro bad dad mood i hate this i I hate this i'm gonna pay for everything so i can complain about it more yeah yes exactly so i'm not going on the camping trip i I just don't want to ruin it i don't like camping i can't like Make myself like camping. I hate it. That Every make, time yeah. I've done it, I've not liked it. Yeah, you don't want to be sitting in front of a fire and be like, well, I'm fucking here. I'm fucking here. <laughs> Everybody wanted me to be here. Here I am. You're like, no, dad, get out of here. Go home. This Go is what watch. you think is fun? You think this is fun? <laughs> a banana boat? That's gross. I hate this. This sucks. A banana boat? 
You don't make banana boats? No, I don't know what that is. You like put a banana in uh, uh, aluminum foil and you put marshmallows and chocolate and all that stuff in Ooh, it. And I want to put it boat. in the fire and then get yourself a nice little banana boat. That's there. better than a s'more. My parents loved banana boats, man. We didn't do s'mores growing up, really. We did them every once in a while, but they got mad at me because I would always, you know, light the goddamn marshmallow on fire and swing it around and stuff. And they were like, we don't, don't do that. This That's, is, <laughs> that'll fry us. So this, yeah, this is why you have such a skewed existence. You grew up with banana boats instead of s'mores <laughs> in your life. Well, I mean, I'm fine. I grew up with the uh, GoBots instead of the Transformers, like ed tv instead of the truman show i'm just a guy that grew up with all the wrong things i was just into the wrong things you know i want a banana boat dude yeah i'm going camping with you if you're making banana boats well you'll go camping with i mean i could definitely there is a i mean i would say do, you do that shit on a graham cracker though there's like a five percent chance though that you will end up camping with my family and me not being there. Maybe a more than 50% chance that you'll be at that camping trip without me. Because okay. <laughs> somebody's going to say, we're going camping, and then your wife is going to be like, oh, I want to go camping. And then you're a good person, so you want to go camping. You're not like me, who's like, no, I mean, we could get a hotel room, I guess. Yeah, I would like to know what the rat's perspective is like sleeping on the ground. I fucking I hate it. I just, well, they're sleeping in a, a camper and they're doing it for like four days. Like my sister tried to. My, it's my sister and my wife. And my sister was like, "We should do five days." And my wife was like, "I'm not not." Because when my wife was a kid, right? She always tells me the story. This is why we don't really camp because I didn't like camping. And when my wife was a kid, her parents couldn't afford to go on a vacation, so they would go camping for two weeks. And like two weeks of camping when you're like when you're a teenager. Is just during the summer away from all your friends is she just was like, I just it's all bad memories. I just have bad memories of camping. And that's how I feel, too. I would go camping and we would get there and my stepmom would just be yelling at everybody for like an hour while we set everything up. And then we would all just kind of go away and then come back and be like, all right, it's time to go to sleep. And then we go to sleep. That was all the camping. Well, and you know me, I don't swim. I don't fish. I don't. I don't do anything, man. I'm a very boring person. I can't help it. I do this podcast. I smoke weed. I watch wrestling. I will travel to go to wrestling. So I guess that's something that I do. But it's just like, I don't know, man. What if we could put you know, like in a wrestling camp or something? Would that maybe I wouldn't go. the wheels? I wouldn't go. If I went to camp and they were like, we're going to have professional wrestling there, I'd be like, can I leave and get a hotel room and come back the next day and not do the camping part? I mean, that's already we're talking about. We had talked about doing the gathering of the Juggalos for probably the whole seven years we've been doing this podcast. And this year we're finally going because it's a half hour away from our house. And we can go home and go to sleep every night. Right. So here it is. Slit each banana lengthwise, but not all the way through. Leave the skin on. Put one to two tablespoons each of the marshmallows and chocolate chips in the slit. Sprinkle lightly with brown sugar. Wrap tightly in foil, being sure the seal ends, and place on the grill over a campfire or coals. You can also tr toss some marshmallows in there. Put some marshmallows in it and let it cook. And it takes about seven minutes. You got yourself a nice banana boat. I'm excited. Thank you for that. Even though... You hate camping so much. You all you gave us all a very good camping treat. I don't know if a warm banana is a good Ooh, I treat. Like a, any, <laughs> any temperature banana. <laughs> that sounds so gross to me. Warm banana. Like you never 
I, I ate one. It was fine. I it love was it. Just on the panini of, press, I used to make them all the time in the middle of the night. Bana- peanut butter, banana, and honey on the bread. Butter both sides. Put it in the panini. That's a treat. I, I mean, I think most people knew about it. It's not a rare. It's not a rare camping treat. Maybe you didn't camp as much as I did growing up. Yeah, I did it. I, I did some. It. I hated it. Ugh. I only thing I didn't like was the oatmeal. You could only have oatmeal for breakfast, and I always hated that. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was a, that was shitty. We just had the same ass cereal we ate at home. We would just bring milk and cereal. I had lots. You no, know, I had lots of fun. It's because you can do all kinds of dangerous shit in the woods. Not with your parents. Mm. My parents weren't into that, and we didn't go to the woods. We went to campgrounds, dude. With like, it was basically like staying in a trailer park for however long but we were intense and everybody else was in these really sweet rvs it was just very not my style it was like if i had been in an rv i probably would have enjoyed it you know because i get to sleep in a bed with air conditioning and a super nintendo a super nintendo (laughs) right it's just boring i don't know what to do i know that everybody is like oh you can do anything you want camping but like like i said all the activities i don't like one time i had fun because we brought this guy with us and he took us frog gigging and it would be like you would you would be uh standing on the side of the so there was like a little river with these like overgrown i don't know what it was like overgrown like shit just stuff that grows and you know how the bullfrogs make that noise or whatever i can't do it you know they would make that noise and then you would just go chasing them with like this little pitchfork (laughs) and then we only caught two over like four hours but we were out in the middle of the night and then the next day this dude made us frog legs and they were pretty good and it was just like ah that was a good experience but other than that it was like i don't my i didn't have a fishing pole so i couldn't really fish um if there was a pool there i guess that's fine but i mean people that i don't swim very much either i swim like twice a year or something so i can't i i I gotta really be in the mood for that yeah we gotta cross this off the list of manly man shit for you i mean you're looking bad right now no can't even deal with with the wilderness a lot of dudes hate camping dude a lot of dudes hate camping. It's like it's not like I I'll play fucking softball. I I'm, I'm I like I'll go fishing, dude. I would go fishing if somebody was like I want to take you fishing. I'd be like, "All right, cool. Let's go fishing. That sounds fun. Can we go home at the end of the night and sleep in our beds though?" Like that's the end of that means that oh, it's the end of the night. I'm laying in my bed like reading something on my ipad that's what i want every night to end up being like i fall asleep reading on my ipad okay but everything else that happens before that totally fine with me i like it but i will not be going on the camping trip with the family i don't want to ruin it for them and i know myself well enough to know that i will not be pleasant to be around i mean brett knows me well enough to know that i won't be pleasant to be around my wife knows me and she was just like nah you no don't don't pity us please don't pity us <laughs> go camping and i was like okay i won't <laughs> i just i can't buck up man i'll go to an amusement park and i don't ride any rides you know what i mean like i'll do things i don't like i don't mind i'm okay. an adventurous i think i'm an adventurous guy okay i do adventures all the time as long as they don't require sleeping on the ground that is the only adventure i don't stay the night i don't even like i don't even stay the night at people's houses dude i don't even like that 
Okay, it's you fine. Know, remember no, when we were not in, on trial? No remember one... when we were in Philadelphia and we had to sleep on the floor? Yeah, that's the only time I've done that since I was sixteen. <laughs> I need luxury. That's all I'm saying. The worst thing that ever happened to me was I married my wife and we got a really big bed, and we make the bed every night. Which has that now made me very particular about how how I sleep. You know, like it just changed me in a way that, like, before her, sometimes I would just fall asleep on the floor next to my bed. <laughs> or, like, I slept in a bed without sheets and stuff like that. But then she was like, you know, I like to really climb into a made bed. And I'm like, you know what? I do, too. This is nice. I feel, like, all sealed up in here and very clean and neat. Everything's neat. So... That's what's happened to me. That's why I don't camp now. Okay. That's why I'll never camp. I don't even sleep well at hotels. So no, they don't expect any sort of camping excursions from Street Fight. Yeah, because remember we was going to camp at the Canna Carnival, and I, I threw the biggest fucking fit of all time, man. I was just, we're not camping. We're not doing a show if we're camping, okay? And Brett was like, well, I'll, I'll, we can camp, and I'm like, no, I can no, I can't camp. Oh, you can you'll camp you can camp for one night and I was like, I can't do it though. I can't I absolutely can't camp for one night. <laughs> I'm a tantrum thrower, what can I say? I did like the can of carnival though. That was fun. It was. But that's because we stayed in the courtyard Marriott, about <laughs> ten miles away from it. <laughs> and we could just go back later. I wish they were doing that again, man. Yeah, that would be I'd love I'd another one of those. Yeah. We have to get back in that Michigan scene we've been saying that for a long time like we need to get involved with those michigan weed people some more and then we never went back we never got invited back nobody's ever invited well i mean we have been invited to a podcast festival now so that's not cross that off the list we haven't and we have been invited to a cannabis carnival cross it off the list but we want to be invited to more of them so put it back on the list right more than one yeah we want to go to like a hundred of them we just got so much free weed at that thing, man. Like free weed is like the what's making my world go round right now. Yeah, that's easy. Makes the world a lot easier on the on the pocketbook. Pocket the book. pocketbook. I don't like carry my a grandma, pocketbook. My grandma used to say pocketbook, so shout out to her. I used to have a pocketbook. Really? My grandma would give me her old thing that she kept her cigarettes in to keep my change in, and I would just carry around this little like little class. It had like a flipper gimmick on the top where you tink like that. Like it was like a button sort of. You open it up and it was just perfectly sized for a pack of smokes and a lighter. And grandmas used to carry those to not show their smokes, I guess. I don't really know. It's the same thing with those cigarette cases. I'm like, why do you carry a cigarette case? Like, what do you need that for? Why do you need a more fancy box? They put them in a box when they sell them. You know? (laughs) Yeah, I think they're supposed to be actually for you roll your own cigarettes. Okay. That's okay. why you need it. If you don't, have, if you don't get a box, if you do the uh, the environmental way of smoking cigarettes, okay, okay, I like it. I'm trying trying to find out why Sami Zayn wasn't at the Greatest Royal Rumble because he's Persian or something like that. Is he what they're is saying? Syrian. I know. I'm curious about it. I actually asked my uh, my uh, Middle Eastern expert, Felix Biederman. <laughs> But he he hasn't gotten back to me yet, so I'm just trying to find. Because I'm like, does does the uh, does the Saudi Arabians like know who Sami Zayn is? Like, is there somebody like, oh, we can't have him. He raises well, money for Syrian charities. Yeah, they have to know every single person that's coming. Okay, okay. 
It's well, not like a house party. It's not like you can just bring whoever you want. I feel like it. I feel like it wouldn't be that big of a deal. I guess is what I'm trying to figure out. You know, like it's not. You don't that, think that Middle Eastern politics would be that big of a deal? I just no. It's I'm not saying that that. I don't think that they. I just feel like having a wrestler come to your city isn't that huge of a like thing that people would be that mad about it that they would have to leave him home. But then I'm like, maybe he decided he didn't want to go. Then that's kind of cool, you know. I don't know. That's just what I'm 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 researching now. Saudi Arabian relationships to Syria because I don't know anything about that stuff. So it's like you can probably figure that out in a few minutes. We'll wait. <laughs> well, he, I, what, the reason I brought that up is because Sami Zayn just tweeted something in French. So now I want to find out what that is. He hasn't tweeted yet. So you can take calls and uh, I'll be researching this. I don't know what Je suis chez moi is. So I'm going to try and find what that is. All right. Let's see um, who is on the line today. We have right here somebody that has been on the line. Let's see. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, it's the big guy. What's going on, guys? Nothing. How are you, the big guy? We haven't heard from you in a few weeks. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Um, I've been kind of busy and kind of forgetful and a little salty and I'm sorry about the salt, but you know, water under the bridge. We're yeah. not, we're, we weren't, we were just, uh, the thing is like the thing, yeah. the, 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 here's the thing. What you said is true in a way. And we don't okay. quite know how we're reckoning. Not that we weren't avoiding you specifically we like having you on the show okay but we do know that people are waiting a very long time and not getting on the show and it is something that like it's something that we don't feel great about but it's something that you have to and, deal with when you do something like this because that happens if, yeah, if that makes sense and, like, so we feel bad about a, it yeah i no i i didn't mean to make y'all feel bad about it and uh i did I did immediately regret the subtweet, uh, but you know what? You should have waited like six more minutes, and I wouldn't have seen it. But you did it right at the end of the show. Yeah. And the first thing I do is look at Twitter when the show ends, and I was like, oh, "Damn! No. Now we piss somebody off. We're always pissing somebody off with this show." But I promise, there's uh, there is nobody, nobody that calls this show. Are we? We're not avoiding anybody. It's like it's just. Yeah. We go through the calls and we have to cut it at three hours. It it just once it gets over three hours, it becomes a very unwieldy thing. I think three hours seems like a right. lot, but like we got to get in. I like getting into calls, and I think the listeners are okay with three hours. But once you start breaking right. three hours, you're like doing that's longer than the goddamn Super Bowl at that point. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I was just feeling insecure and. uh you know, buddy, that's how gotta, I feel. We all every... got to deal with our insecurities. <laughs> yeah, we all got to deal with our insecurities uh, in healthier ways. But so instead of talking about uh... that, what what is going on with you? We haven't heard from you and probably since before New York. And uh, right. at that time, you were working. You you gave us the heads up that uh, sweeping the parking lot is the best job in the world. And and I remember 
that you were going for a janitor job, and I'd like to know if you got that job. Uh, well, I've moved on from the <laughs> parking lot sweeping. Uh, I do. I, I'm just gonna name drop them because there's a fucking <laughs> shitty company. If you ever go to Taco Casa, firebomb a fucking, or if you ever go to Texas, firebomb a Taco Casa. Uh, the police can, you know, report that to the police. I don't give a shit. Taco um, Casa. Have you heard of that one, Brett? Taco Casa. Is that the one you thought it was? No, I was thinking it was Taco Cabana. Same thing, right? That's No, no, yeah, I mean, a little different, but they probably treat their workers just as chilly. What'd you, uh, uh what'd you do? What, so, how did it end, if you don't mind me asking? Well, um, I'm glad I pissed them off a little bit. Uh, I, I got a phone call. I was taking a sick day. I was taking a sick day because I had a real bad uh, clogged up ear and I couldn't hear anything. And I was taking a sick day, and I got a call from the janitorial place or the, the, the factory that wanted to give me the janitor job. And they just told me, we don't have a janitor job, but we can start you in the warehouse tomorrow. And then they told me it was like $3 more than I was getting paid at the taco restaurant. So I said, fuck it. I'll see y'all tomorrow, and I called the taco restaurant and gave them no, no notice. I quit, and that got that really pissed them off. There, the owner, the actual owner of that franchise, called me and chewed me out. After and you I quit, like, they called you and chewed you. Did you quit? Yeah. You you did yeah. you say did you ghost them or did you say I'm quitting right now? No, I called. I, I just called him on the, I didn't even go in. I called the manager on the phone and said, uh, I'm not coming in tomorrow. I'm quitting. And they got real mad. And they said, all right, so you're quitting with no notice? Fine. That's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> I, I love, love when they do and that. And then the owner. Are you, are, you're the owner called me. Oh, man, the owner called me and was like, uh, do you understand what this means? Do you understand the implications of quitting with no notice? I can't hire you back on now. I can't give you. I can't offer you another job here. And I was like, I want to be like, dude, I don't want your shit job anymore. This is a shit job. All right, go go to hell. How much were they? Shit? How much were Fuck they paying? You. How much were they paying you? So they told me we don't believe in minimum wage. Okay. So we're going to pay you eight dollars an hour. <laughs> so they pay me eight dollars an hour, seventy-five cents above minimum wage. Big I love this. Uh, I love this. I love this. Like, do you understand the implications yeah. of quitting this $8 an hour job? Do you even we know? Yeah. We'll never, you'll never get hired back and be made a manager and then an owner of the store and make $20,000 a year. You'll never, you'll never know the sweet, the sweet taste of wearing a black uniform and working the fry at 6 a.m. You'll never know that because that's a manager job only, and uh, you're not getting hired back on here. So have fun for the rest of your life uh, succeeding and thriving, doing something better than working a service job, which is really <laughs> shitty that service jobs are this, you know, this pit poor. But, you know, yeah, I've it, moved on. You're allowed I'm, to be mad at service like, jobs. That I mean, they, yeah, do, they generally service suck. Service job bosses. <laughs> I was I did I, all I've ever done in my life is service jobs. So when I say work sucks, that is exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Service yeah. jobs suck. I don't know who so works now, outside of do, who. But like, I guess there's like so there's computer programmers now, and then 
like engineers. There's like 15 engineers in the country. And then everybody else is doing a service job. I'm 99% sure everybody's doing a service job. Uh, I mean, I'm working in a pretty big factory. There's a lot of people on production side. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily consider that service. No, it's not. It's not. But that's hard work. You don't have to work. deal with customers. So what are you doing? In it's a, hard labor. Are you loading trucks? No, I'm not. Well, yeah, I guess I'm loading trucks. I'm, uh... I, I take products, I put them in uh, put them in shipping boxes and put them on the truck. It's it's a whole top to bottom thing. You know, I'm not ever doing just one thing. I'm moving around. Pick and pack. Uh, trying You're to get the training on the forklift. You're doing pick and pack. That's exactly what it is. Pick and pack is the job, man. That's the best warehouse job you can get. I think is pick and pack. Oh, it's it's amazing. What really? do you it's think, amazing. Brett? Other than driving management. equipment and driving any big equipment is the best job you can get. I guess that's. Oh, true. I'm trying to get. I'm. I'm. I'm trying to get trained on the forklift. Uh, so that's my next step. I'm supposed to get trained uh, Monday next week or Monday tomorrow. I'm going and taking the test, and uh, hopefully, I'll be certified to work on the forklift. They have these really cool forklifts that the whole the whole cabin goes like all the way up to the top of the warehouse, and they have. The pitchforks actually like rotate back and forth. It's awesome. I want it. I want to drive that son of a bitch. I want to drive that a forklift like too. That. Brett and I watched nine minutes of forklift fails on uh, the right before oh, we yeah. recorded the podcast uh, from the basement. I got I got to I saw if I saw a pallet jack fail, which was devastating to me. This guy had. Oh, man, he probably had a thousand cans of beer up on this pallet jack. I'm probably oh, exaggerating. No. And then he tried to take a turn, and every single one of them fell off of it. And, like, the, oh, speaking of, like seeing the fail, seeing the fail is one thing. It's like I always watch the – but then I look at the guy in the fail, and I can feel – I feel like I see into his soul at that moment. Like, yeah. I know how it feels to, like – truly fuck up but then like we'll see we saw a few of them where it it basically every shelf in the warehouse went down and it was like this huge mess and all i saw when i looked at it was like when how do you even like recover from that (laughs) like how does the how did how does the warehouse recover from like i would just close up shop if everything fell off the shelves yeah just just place some like debt charges throughout the place and uh (laughs) just let it crumble just uh you know everything inside it uh get everybody out let them all watch let them take the day off you know just just implode the place start over just never go back yeah just never go back to that plot of land anymore yeah speaking of forklifts and beers i was actually being courted by a warehouse uh in my hometown that was a beer distribution center and uh they wanted me, they wanted to, like, train me to drive a forklift around with pallets full of beer and load them on trucks. And it sounded like a pretty good deal. And when I put my two weeks' notice in at my current place, uh, I got to the final day of my two weeks' notice, and the beer place didn't ever, like, contact me. So I canceled my two weeks' notice, and I just told my, my job, I was like, all right, I guess I'm staying here because nobody ever got in touch with me. And then the next Monday... Uh, the beer place calls me and says, hey, where are you? You're supposed to start today. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, motherfucker? 
y'all didn't fucking talk to me for two weeks. I thought I didn't have the job. I thought I failed the drug test. So <laughs> that's you never say I thought but, I failed the drug test. <laughs> that's a, that's a bad thing to say to a pr- perspective. I mean, I guess oh, if you dude, didn't I, get the I job, I really thought I did though. Yeah, I, I really always thought I failed the drug test. I could quit smoking weed for a year and probably think i failed a drug i was always i like even when i didn't smoke weed at all i was always nervous when i took a drug test you know it was like yeah. uh i i it didn't matter like it just is like they're gonna find some drugs in here i've i've put so money so much in there <laughs> something's gotta show up well it was like the drug test was like right at a week and a half after i had smoked just some real zinc with the wrath of Angelo. Like the Rats of Angelo's always got that good shit. He's a Denver and, uh, guy. He's a he's a Colorado fella. Rats of Angelo? Yeah. Now he's he's in uh, central. He's in north central Texas with me, but I don't know where he gets his shit. But it's it, it's like Colorado great, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's that dank. We try. We we he found us in New Orleans, but we were uh, on mushrooms at a wrestling show. So it was like kind of oh, hard no. to keep us. Uh, it was kind of hard to keep our attention for any other person. A bunch of people found us at this show, but it was like you guys found us at the exact wrong place. Yeah, <laughs> we weren't yeah, in our I right minds, and we were watching wrestling. We were so excited to be watching wrestling, and it was like we were tripping. Brett had been drinking and smoking weed all day, and it was just like oh yikes. And I was wasted. Like I, I actually started watching wrestling at three p.m. And it when when I think we ran into him at like one thirty in the morning, and I was like, oh, oh, I, I I feel real bad about like we didn't talk to a lot of we we just kind of said hi to people at that thing. It's like, oh, you got to come to the show if you want to talk to us because we are <laughs> we're yeah. flighty dudes, man. We will dis especially when we're on mushrooms. Like all every time. We've done mushrooms together twice, and both times we kind of disappeared from where mm-hmm. we were at and ended up walking many miles. <laughs> yeah, it's always, usually a journey. That's always good. Usually a journey. Well, I hope everything's going okay, big guy. Everything's going good. Uh, I do want to. I do want to bring the subject up. Uh, what what shape do y'all believe the Earth is? What what shape is the Earth? Do y'all believe? I don't think that I've. <laughs> been able to get a good enough view to say confidently what it is to be honest i will say would, would that i think that it is uh i mean first of all here's the uh, let me tell you something about religion my opinion on religion before i tell you my opinion on the shape of the earth i don't give a shit I if mean, there's like, a god is what i'm saying like that's my opinion oh, okay. on religious i'm not okay. an atheist i'm not uh, a christian i'm not catholic I'm I I'm not agnostic. Like I, I'm not agnostic because like I'm not asking. I don't care. I don't like who cares. What right. can we even do if there's a god? Now I extend that to the shape of the earth. <laughs> now my personal belief in my mind, if we're having a debate, I'll probably take round globe Earth side because all the evidence is there, right? But. I don't okay. have a problem with somebody taking. I think the flat Earth people have a legitimate <laughs> argument. You're kind of giving me blue balls here because I was hoping you were going to say uh, the Earth was flat. Because um, uh, I got a little lady on the line here who's pretty upset with y'all. You know what? It, my girlfriend called in this week. Uh, I may have made the mistake of showing her your show, 
and uh, y'all said something about the flat earth, and she got real mad about that. So she's on the line. Uh, you may have you may have like saved yourself some like chewing out, but uh, no, it's fine. I mean, know, I I, would have been good. Radio. Honestly, like I also do. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll argue the Earth is flat side any day of the week. I've read all the research. I don't trust the government that puts out the same narrative that the Earth is round, or any of their scientists. Well, but... I mean that's that's a pretty good point. Like. The government says that uh, we're using chemical, or that Siri is using chemical weapons on its own people. Like, why, why should I believe the Earth is round? You know what I mean? That's like, a- what's NASA but just an arm of the federal government? I mean, I generally, more I mean, that's what a lot of flat earthers believe, though, right? Is that like, I can't trust a goddamn thing these people in power say, and they're the ones that are telling me the Earth is 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 a globe. I don't like to say round. Because I, I believe that the Earth is round, no matter if it's flat like or pizza. a globe. It's like, it's still a circle, right? It's round like a pizza. <laughs> I do like that people. Here's the thing, I like that people get mad. I like people. I like that people are passionate about the shape of the Earth. I think it's a very weird thing because, like, like I said, it, it's never. I don't think it's gonna. Like, what is it gonna change if it? What if they end up? What if it ends up being flat, big guy? What if? What if just, like, what if like somebody, some intrepid, uh, home scientist builds a rocket? What Mad Mike? What if Mad Mike went up there? What if he hadn't been taken away right. in a black van by <laughs> men in black? Oh, did they van Mad Mike? Yeah. I don't know where he's yeah. been. I don't know I mean, where listen, else he's at. Big guy, Mad Mike went up and he went to look at the shape of the Earth. He came down, he was injured, and nobody's heard what he saw. Like, he hasn't come out and been like, this is what I saw. And that's interesting here's to me. What, <laughs> here's, what, here's, what I think, here's what I think is one possibility. I'm just going to throw a couple of these ideas out here. One possibility is he, he got too deep into the flat earth community, and then when he went up and saw the curvature, he thought, I can't go back. I'll be, I'll be ridiculed. I'll be, I'll be uh, told I'm a liar. I'll be, I'll be destroyed, you know? Uh, or, let me let me refute. Well, the more likely the more likely possibility is that he came down. The first person he met was the CIA, FBI, NSA black ops uh, operative, and he said, "Yo, the Earth is actually flat." They immediately threw him in a van, and uh, they're not letting him out because he knows the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah, OGA guy. And uh, he's. Mm-hmm. I think that's what ha- actually probably happened. Yeah, and and here's so, the thing. Here's here's something about Mad Mike too. If he saw that the Earth was round, he would go with it. And I'm gonna tell you why I believe that. Okay, he's a carny. <laughs> I don't oh. think he cares what shape the Earth is as much as we think. But when he went up there and he saw it, if he saw it was round, he would just turn on the flat Earthers and you know get the round earth money because he i mean if you look at everything mad mike does it he is very he raises a lot of money to do what he's doing on kickstarter and he was a dude that was into like stunt type stuff before he started doing the flat earth thing and it's just possible to me that maybe he 
<laughs> isn't necessarily a hundred percent invested in what don't shape do the this. earth is. Don't do this, I'm just Brian. telling you what I don't think do this about him. So yeah, if he saw what that every it was, other government stooge is saying no, about Mad Mike, I'm saying that if Mad Mike saw that the Earth was round, he'd be honest about it. If he saw it was flat, he'd be honest about it. Because either way, no, Mad was, Mike if, wins. If I was a carny, if I was a carny, you got to look at the market, like. Our globe, Earth, our ball earther is going to give you their money for saying the Earth is round. Yes, no, yes. But look at Neil. Lives. Look at Neil no. deGrasse Tyson, man. That guy's living in a mansion. No, okay, right that's now. a good point. That's a pretty good point. Round earthers, oh ball earthers <laughs> love to give their money away to people who will say the Earth is a ball. Neil deGrasse Tyson, don't even buy. Yeah. He's just uh, a dude. He makes a zillion million dollars for saying science stuff, dude. He loves it. He's just like, and you know, and it's like, fuck off. You know what? You don't know any more thing than I do. But, you know, I mean, he went to ass hating. He went to school, you know, and I believe that he's a smart guy. But like, I also look at him like, I mean, you don't. He's an insufferable asshole. He's yeah. I mean. You know, that's his gimmick, though. Everybody's got to have a gimmick yeah. out there. And, and, and Mad Mike, from Mad Mike to Neil deGrasse Tyson, everybody's got a gimmick yeah, out there. they're all just science propagandists. <laughs> same They're team. all the same. Yeah. They're all the same. Mad Mike, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, Bill Gates. Oh, dude, I'm thinking of, oh, dude, I'm thinking of uh, the music video for Know Your Enemy by uh, <laughs> uh, Rage Against the Machine. But instead of, like, Bush and Gore, it's Mad Mike and Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> I love it. I no, love it. Ba- barely a difference between Mad Mike and Neil deGrasse yeah. Tyson. Science hustlers. <laughs> Dude. Well, looks like Brett and I have an idea for a new video. <laughs> Good thing we're getting into, we're pivoting to video <laughs> in a couple weeks. Hell yeah, that sounds awesome. We I, are going to do oh, some video. We're not Kickstarter piv- for that? We're not pivoting to video. Actually, we are going to be Opening doing another door. We're going to do more video. I'm an audio boy and audio will always be our main thing. But yeah, we, we got some stuff coming up, some Twitch stuff. Maybe, maybe uh, some lot you'll be able to watch, but not you'll be able to watch the uh, basement show, but you're not going to be able to like really interact because we know what people listen to the basement yeah. show for. <laughs> like they want us. So we do us. But uh we got yeah. some video stuff coming up. I mean, watching the basement show is going to be as depressing as uh, the guys that are watching the show in the room tonight and see me basically in my pajamas <laughs> drinking no, man, 15 you're, you're LaCroix. Living, you're living your best life. You're living your best life. Oh, uh, LaCroix, really good, uh, really good mixer for gin. Just going to throw that out there. Any kind of sparkling water, flavored sparkling water, good with gin. Yeah, that's so, a nice. That's a summer cocktail tip from Big as Your Dad. That's a summer cocktail tip from the from the big guy. The big guy would you. drink drinks gin straight though. I get the impression that you also drink gin without bubbly water. <laughs> oh, oh, most often, most often, yes. But but uh, some of us who may be on the line and don't like to drink straight liquor because they're babies uh, want to have a little. Mixer or chaser, so... Some people are fancy. My, my wife won't even drink uh, wine without LaCroix in it now. Like, she puts LaCroix in everything. Ooh. Spritzers, baby. Spritzers. That sounds... 
I was I was gonna say like that sounds kind of weird, but now I'm thinking about it like that's kind of like a champagne kind of situation. That, that could be pretty good. <laughs> I want by the end of this summer for the big guy to be just strictly drinking wine spritzers. Well, they're also great for all yeah. day, all day long. Because like if you burn through a bottle of wine like before noon, then you're, it's going to be a shitty day. I mean, so many people you know drink so there's like wine is uh, to me as a non drinker. Wine feels like water to me because of the way that the people around me drink it. Like, it doesn't feel like they all get really drunk. Brett, like, will drink a bottle of wine while we're recording a podcast. Like, in an hour. Wine's really easy to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, man. Easier than beer. I used to watch these guys drink 30 packs of beer every day. (laughs) And these wine people who are like. The thing about wine people is yeah. they do feel better than the guy that drinks a 30-pack of light beer a day. You know what I mean? Like yeah. They're like, no, I'm just, just drinking three bottles of wine. <laughs> I'm just drinking three bottles of the twelve ninety nine big bottle of wine. That's all I'm doing. I just drank a box of less wine today. Less carbonation, less sugar overall, you know, less fluid period. Like, I mean... It's it's it's, uh, it's probably better to drink a bunch of wine than it is to drink a bunch of beer. Yeah, that's why I go. That's why I go whole hog and just drink a bunch of liquor. You know. Oh <laughs> yeah. man, we put some work in on a handle this weekend. But. <laughs> well, well, big big guy, it's great to hear from you. I know you got us in trouble now. We're gonna get yelled at for being flat earthers, but we can handle it. We're big boys. We're a couple of big strong big boys. boys. That don't ride. One of us doesn't ride roller coasters or camp, but we're still big, strong boys. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't like roller coasters. I mean, I ride them because I'm not a little baby. But oh my god, you know. I thought he was on my side for this one. I thought we finally got somebody that was like, I don't like. Actually, I'm going to tell you people this right now. I got a ton of notifications from people who are like, "Look, I don't ride roller coasters either. I don't know." Like, what these people are, like, why people are making you feel bad. And I'm like, I agree with you. I think it's wrong to make me feel bad for not riding roller coasters. Just me specifically. No. But then I was listening to a no, podcast. I mean, like, if you have, like, a, you got, like, a disability or, like, you know. <laughs> I don't. But ha, I, I can, understand. But, like, you're in your full health, man. Come on. I So, Come I. On. I was watching, I was, I was actually listening. So this week I'm listening to this podcast that I listened to called podcast, the ride. I recommend it. If you're a weird person like me, uh, I don't know. It sounds a little scary. It's about, it's about rides and theme parks. Okay. So I'm watching this show and, uh, it, it is about, uh, I'm listening to the show and this guy is they're talking about Kings Island, which is the, the park by my house. Okay. Like it's, right. there's two parks in Ohio. One's Cedar point. One's Kings Island. I do. I'm listening to him talk about Kings Island and they're talking about this, uh, ride called the tomb Raider ride that scared the hell out of me. And, uh, I, uh, wrote it and it scared me and I felt really bad. Like, like I felt I, I screamed at people after it and stuff like that. And then one of the guys on the show said, that's the scariest ride I've ever ridden. So I sent Brett a text and was like, hey, man, I'm listening to this podcast. They said the Tomb Raider rides the scariest ride they've ever written. He was like, I don't respect that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 Brett, I don't respect that either. Well, when I like, went, just... when I rode t- Tomb Raider, the ride, seriously, this happened. We waited in line all day to get on it. It was so boring 
that when I was walked past the line and I said, get out of line, everybody. It's a terrible ride. <laughs> I was like, it's really oh, not a very exciting. Em. How dare you? Drag him. <laughs> it's scary, okay? No, I'm, I, hey, that's like, that's like, that's what Yelp used to be. Yelp used to be walking out of someplace and yelling at the line and being like, don't go in there. It's, it's shit. <laughs> you know? He's doing them a, uh, uh, a service. That was emotional labor. <laughs> don't go in there. It, it sucks. <laughs> that would be fun. That I mean, people should do that at the movies more, but now we've gotten into this thing where, like, you can't say spoilers. But I do remember back when I was younger, if you went to a movie on opening night, the people that just saw it would walk out and be like, that movie fucking sucked. And you'd yeah. be like, oh, shit. Now, I'm, you know, you could, you'd have at least a chance, you know? Can, can I talk about spoilers for a second? I... This is kind of like my pet peeve that I really hate. But everybody's really obsessed with, like, spoiling these movies. And it's like, I get it. Like, some movies are like, you know, you don't want to spoil the sixth sense. Because, like, you know, there's a big twist ending. And, like, you need to feel that. But, like, Infinity War? What's the big twist in Infinity War? I can tell you. fucking win? I can tell you, but you'd hate it. So Tell I'm, me. I don't give a shit. Stay I can't. Here. I'm not, I'm not allowed. I'm not fucking garbage movie. I'm not. I will never... No, well, they're the only movies with an ending that's kind of... I don't know. I can't do it. But uh, thank you for calling, uh, big guy. We got yeah, we got to get yeah. more callers in. But I, I, I appreciate you calling. I'm just going to tell you that the end of Infinity War is... It's important that people don't know. But I will say that they... Oh, uh, no. That the ticket should be half-priced for that movie. That's my take on Infinity War. Oh, okay, okay. Before I say this, I have to qualify that... Um, I do support cutting ticket prices to half price, uh, but not spoiling Infinity War. Fuck you, okay? It's bullshit. It's a Marvel movie. I'm a sweet so, guy. I don't want to ruin it for people. Spoil it on the air. Uh, I can't. I can't do retire, that. Bitch. I can't do that. I'm too nice. I'm too nice to do that. I I don't have it in my I don't have it in my heart to like spoil something that people feel so strongly about. You know, I don't have it. I don't have it, Brad. Yeah. I would have done ten years ago, I would have done it. But now I can't do it. I'm too nice. Well, thanks for calling, big guy. It's good to hear right. from you again. Yep. Brett, I'm not gonna ins- spoil Infinity War for anybody. But if we take our break later and you guys both if, if the three of you want to know what happens at the end of Infinity War, well, I already spoiled it for Brett. He yeah. Care. It's already been spoiled for me. But I'll spoil it for you guys too. I, you, you, I saw it on opening night the first showing so it wasn't spoiled for me <laughs> yeah i don't i don't like uh i th- i would have said i don't like spoilers i think it's kind of shitty if you know it's a public place and someone it's exciting to it is exciting not to know you yeah know? i mean that's kind of the cool thing about going to movies is that you're along for the ride and if you know where you end up sometimes that kind of sucks like it's good if something sucks i guess like it's good for people to tell people something sucks but even then i feel like in the end, like, if you tell people that something sucks, they're just going to think that it sucks. Does that make sense? Like, you, you ruin their their chance to go in and enjoy the movie in a way. Sure. If you hear that it sucks. But, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to deal with that. Because with movies, I don't want to be told anything before I go in. Because if I, if I go in and it's a movie that every single person thinks sucks, but I ended up liking it. That's a good thing for me. That's not a bad thing. Like, I don't feel uncomfortable because I liked something that everybody else hated, you know? Sure. 
I actually probably actually like that more if I hate something. If I like something that everybody hated, then I can use it. All right, let's see who's on the line next. Uh, thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? You there? Oh, we can hear him, Brett. That's the that's the greatest tragedy of oh, all. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey what's me? up? I love calling hey. that a tragedy. Hey. What's going on tonight? Who's this? Yeah. Uh, this is Randy from Pittsburgh. What's, ooh, from Pitts. We love Pittsburgh. We had a good time when from we Pittsburgh, went to Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's right here. I, I got into you guys, I think, just after that show. Oh, no. Um, that was a well, big I, show. I wasn't there, but, yeah, it's, yeah, it sounds like it was fun. You missed um, the big boy, though. And honestly, like, I know a bunch of people now since, like, uh, I have a bunch of friends who are street fighters now, too, and most of us honestly got into it since then. So <laughs> if you guys ever come back, it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. It's come, We're coming back. We'll, I mean, hell, that could even happen. It's close Brett, enough, Put course, that on yeah. the list of things that could happen in the next couple months because we're trying to stick close <laughs> to home. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Maybe if we can find a place, we'll come back out there. That we had fun there. We actually had a really good time there. I remember we tried to book. A, we were going to book our like one of our just. We were going to start trying to do live podcasts, but then we decided we axed that because it's weird. <laughs> like it was very hard yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to sit in front of people and just do your regular thing. Yeah, I don't know if that if that works for you guys or not i mean some of the other podcasts i listen to everyone's called they'll post a live one and sometimes it doesn't work <laughs> right my wife listened to our show from new orleans and said i do not like listening to live shows and i was like mm, okay that's i mean that's oh, a really? very valued valid opinion i used to hate it when i listened to like howard stern and stuff when they would do live shows in vegas like that used to bum me out so much. It's like, ugh, this sucks. They're just playing to the crowd, which is what you're supposed to do at a damn live show. That's why you don't record them and do audio of them. So what's going on tonight? Yeah, yeah. Um, not much. Uh, one thing I would say, I was listening to the intro a bit, but uh, you're talking about the camping. There is something, um, and I know you guys have them in Ohio. We have them in Pennsylvania, and they have them in West Virginia too. But you can go in these camping cabins for 40 bucks a night in these little state parks that might be a little too similar to like the trailer park kind of camping that you're not into, but it might be something to think about. Cause if you get these little cabins that, you know, they're 20 by 20 feet and you got a couple of bunk beds with like, um, some kind of like, there is like a, like super plasticky kind of mattress to it. And, you know, you just throw your sleeping bag on top or whatever. But it's like it's an in-betweeny kind of a thing for someone if you're not quite into the camping thing. I stayed in a luxury cabin. I stayed in a, a, a secluded luxury cabin once. <laughs> I really enjoyed that experience. <laughs> like That one was yeah, very yeah, nice. Yeah. But we didn't go outside very much because we were afraid to go outside the whole time because secluded means that's where all the animals are. And somebody that was with us was like, well, let's see if they're <laughs> like, we were about to go outside and run. I want my my thing was like, I want to go outside and run around at night in the woods. That would be really fun. Right? Yeah. We would go run around in the woods, and then somebody looked up how many bears were there, and I was like, well, I guess we're not going to run around in the woods then, because <laughs> then I started worrying about bears and shit. Yeah, and it can be weird. You're out in the middle of nowhere, like, uh, how loud it is. Yes, where, that's like, what happened realize, to us. Like, the bugs are so loud. 
there's like I mean the frogs or whatever weird birds and shit and like things to get stolen. It's really easy to psych yourself out <laughs> like running around too, you know. Yeah, that happened to us. That actually did actually that that was one of the things that freaked us both out was like uh we went out we were out there and it was like we were out there in the woods and it was like uh so loud. It sounded like the smoke monster from Lost is what it sounded like out there like that. I don't know if even people have watched Lost. Like, I think we might be past that, like, generation, but it sounded like that. Yeah. I guess I'm I'm vaguely familiar with Lost just from when it was on, but I never actually, like, watched it, watched it. I enjoyed it, so I'm going to tell you to watch it. It's good. No spoilers, though. Yeah. Yeah. I promise not to spoil Lost. No, yeah. I think that that should be easy enough for people to find if if they are... Uh, looking for that. I guess you could probably still be avoiding lost spoilers now. I don't, I don't think I even understand at the end as much as like was the people are like they were all dead and then like so you'll be like oh they were all dead and then somebody will be like no that's not what happened if you think that you're stupid and I'm like then I don't know what happened I thought they were all dead <laughs> that's what I assumed I don't really know what happened at the end then I must be fucking weird So, uh, well, yeah, I was, I was calling him with. Um, let, I got, I got a couple work stories or work situations. I'll be into sharing. I'll, I'll give you a choice just to not to go on. But one is uh, either I worked at Jimmy John's a couple years ago, or now I work. I'm a contractor at like a tech company. What happened to Jimmy John's? I'm I'm very curious about Jimmy yeah, John's yeah. at all times. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, when I started listening to you guys, you know, whatever, like six months ago or so, that was popping up a lot. It, and, uh, you know, it still pops up. I've, it's been, like, I've been wanting to call in with the Jimmy John's stories for a while. <laughs> I feel like Jimmy John's is the most hated sandwich restaurant on the left. Would you agree with that, Brett? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if people... None of them are, yeah, none of them are aggressively bad the way that Jimmy John's is. <laughs> it is. I mean, like, yeah. when I... Honestly... Maybe the reason it comes up so much on Street Fight is because when I was radicalizing, people were really mad at Jimmy John's all the time. <laughs> so, like, that's yeah. just something that got me into it. So, what, 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 what was it like at, at Jimmy John's? Well, it was weird. So, this was like, um, I guess I, I worked there for eleven months, so like almost a year, and that was like up until about like two years ago. Um, so, I, I just like needed a job, you know, like I was working with my buddy for him at his garage and that wasn't working out and i was like like f it i just i just need a job like i ride a bicycle all the time like i know i know i can do this oh you were delivering heard, you were delivering on yeah, a bike oh holy oh yeah shit. yeah okay yeah yeah so we're doing bike deliveries for jimmy bonds which they call uh they still call you a driver which is funny <laughs> so like they'd be like yeah we got like four drivers on like we're ready to go like on the shift but it's like you know, like four dudes with bicycles. <laughs> they should have to pay you for your gas, even though you don't use it. It's like you're—I'm a driver. You got to pay for my mileage. They gave us fifty cents 
um, I can't remember exactly, but I think they gave us an extra 50 cents an hour, like, for for gas, basically. Yeah, like, but so they that had that. doesn't pay for gas? That You would have no, to work no, of course eight not. hours to get a gallon of gas, or what? But what is 50 no, cents? Yeah. It's like four, five hours for a gallon of gas that they're giving you. Yeah. If, I mean, if I had actually been driving a car, it would have sucked. And I'm sure that it was just part of their, like, national wage. You know what I mean? Like, like prob- probably if, if you're in the suburbs driving a car, you were still just getting 50 cents an hour, you know? Like, yeah. That which, is... wouldn't, which wouldn't be working at all. Yeah, that's yeah. But, I yeah. don't think they ever pay enough for your car. I don't think they ever pay enough gas money. Like, no. if they were paying, like, plus they always think the gas money is like the be all end all of like, did they pay for you to maintain your bike at all, or did they give you a bike, or was it your bike? It was. Uh, we had to bring your own bike. Yeah, like we all used our own bikes. Did they pay for your tires and what else would you have to do? No, with? no, no. <laughs> Brett's the bike guy. What with like tires and tires? Chain. I mean, you wear out your but we got we got so we got eight dollars an hour plus tips and i didn't realize it at first but like everyone in the shop like making the sandwiches was just getting eight dollars yeah i was hoping they were getting 10 or something because like it even got to the point where like i got a friend of mine to put in an application there because he he just needed any job you know and i was like i think i was like well they gave us eight and plus we get tips I was like, you got to be getting more to wrap in these sandwiches, you know? And uh, no, it was definitely just eight. Um, so, but I worked it out. So, you know, the, the Jimmy John's experience was like very mixed, where like some parts of it were like fun, you know? Like I kind of liked it, but like it was so, there were such big like asterisks there in that experience, you know? Because like, so I, I worked it out, like I would, you know, Wage and tips, take the taxes out at the end of the week. Like, I was taking home, like, 15 bucks an hour, you know? Right, and I suppose if you're not in the shop, and if you're not in the shop, so you're taking home 15 bucks an hour and you don't have to spend all of your time in the shop, that actually doesn't sound like the worst worst deal. No, and that that part was cool. Yeah, that was cool. But the thing is, like, they were – so this was – I don't know that it was new, but they were, like, cutting people's hours so they wouldn't have to give them health care, you know? Oh, so the yeah. people in the shop were, like, like, they were getting kicked out at 31 hours, you know? Like, they didn't want anyone to be making 32 hours and certainly not anything close to 40, you know? Yeah. So I was making 15 bucks an hour, but I was working three hours a day, you know? Like, Jeez. So it was, like, it wasn't really working, you know? Because, like, they were so quick to, like get you out the door because the second it, it gets the second it slows down they don't need you like i was working downtown pittsburgh they had like two shops downtown um so the uh, delivery area was very small but it really was just like a lunch rush from like 12 to 1 and yeah, you're d- kind of like dead after that i did a job like that uh at the at the uh at the deli that i that i threw the stuff at the guy it was like only busy from like 10 a.m it was busy from like maybe 11 a.m. to like three, and then they cut you at three o'clock immediately. It's like get the fuck out yeah. of here now! I don't want to pay you one more cent. <laughs> yeah. 
which is like fine with me. It was like that, but like, yeah, for the drivers, it was less even. Like, they had one dude, I think, came in at like 9.30 or 10, but everyone else just came in at 11, which was easy. You know, it's easy to get to work at 11, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, and then, uh, you know, half the days I'm out by one thirty, two o'clock. Sometimes you get stuck till 5 or whatever. But the thing is, like, it was so high-paced with, like, the deliveries, because it is just like you're only going a couple blocks on a bicycle and then riding an elevator 30 floors, coming back down, grabbing another sandwich. Like, and you're only making, a, you know, one, two, three dollars a delivery. It's just like extremely high volume. Is that uh, all you get? Is that all they're tipping you is like one or two dollars? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, and like most of it's like online orders too. So you see, you like, you already have your tips whenever you, like, pick up the, the order, you know? <laughs> or, like, you know what you're going to get. I would be rude so, like, to people who tipped badly. <laughs> yeah, and I realized, like, after time, though, like, it's not worth it at all, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, I never showed anything to anyone. I was just like, like, here you go, thanks, see ya. like, I need, a, I need a signature or not, you know? And, like, you just kind of, like, and everyone, their whole thing was not that the food was good or anything like that, but, like, you can get it nine minutes after ordering online, you know? And, like, you, even if you're on the 40th floor or something, you know? Like, they were just so fast about everything. Yeah. That's so why like, I think they, it like, that's why it's such you, a high-stress... There's no advantage to be chatting them up or anything like that. Like, you're not going to get any more money from someone, you know? Yeah, and that's why it's even, like, that's why it's considered... I think when I when we talk to people that work there, the reason it's considered a more high-stress job is because they want you to work at, like, this crazy pace. It's not like uh Yeah. It, it it's very i don't know right it's like they want you to work so fast they have you down to a metric and they have an amount of time i think yeah you know i think i talked about it on here recently but when i got my first call center job and they were like no the calls are only supposed to be six minutes long and i'm like okay <laughs> do you want me yeah. to hang up in six minutes you want me to chase them off the phone and it was always like it was basically like the job was fairly easy. I don't mind dealing with the public, but it was like there was always a manager just saying, speed it up, speed it up, speed it up. Come on, come on, come on. And, like, that was what made it stressful. Yeah. It was it was, it was, was always management. Management always makes it stressful. And I think that's why people don't like – I think that's the main reason people don't like Jimmy John's. The, thing I've heard, the things I've heard about management at Jimmy yeah. – I mean, at Jimmy John's is that you, they treat you like shit is the problem with it. Yeah, and they they kind of, like, for us it wasn't so bad because we kind of got an exemption because, like, we, like, the drivers were kind of keeping the whole thing going because, like, I mean, I, I don't know, but maybe half half of the food was going out on bicycles and the other half was, like, people walking in and out, you know? Um, so, like, they needed us, so, like, they were nice to us, but, like, um, the way they treated people like wrapping the sandwiches and stuff like it was intense you know yeah. and um it was like so fast i mean like they're yeah they're they're making sandwiches in 45 seconds you know what i mean and like everything's cold like there's no there's not very many options so like they can just kind of like spit it out really fast but like that's like what that's what people wanted you know what i mean like they it was like what like they were known for being fast, not that the food was good, you know? Yeah, that's so, true. Like, but it, w it was, like, so uh, intense for us that, like, yeah, it's one thirty, and the manager's like, hey, do you want to get out of here? You're like, 
hell yeah, I'll get out of here. Like, well, you got to go scrub the floor, and then you're out of here. And then, you know, that's what I said. Like, I was making a decent wage, but I was working so few hours. Like, it wasn't cutting it for me. And, like, you know, I worked three days a week there because I knew that's, like, all I could handle um, with, without, like, losing my mind. Yeah. Like, that, like I, could, I couldn't. That couldn't just be my job, you know. Making like, somebody I didn't want to just work at Jimmy John. <laughs> making somebody who rides a bike for two and a half hours as their job scrub the floors is exceedingly cruel sounding to me, though. Well, hey, yeah, I mean, like that that part wasn't bad, you know. But like, but you said like you know, their corporate stuff was weird. So I'll tell you a couple of the things that they had there. One was like you couldn't show like tattoos. Which, like, everyone there had tattoos, you know? Yeah, everybody so, like, at a Jimmy John's is going to have tattoos. Everybody in service everyone has tattoos. Everyone has tattoos. So, like, they, and there were, like, lots of, like, you know, young mothers and, like, young fathers. And, like, like people needed that job, you know what I mean? So they just kind of put up with it, you know, to make $8 an hour. So every, like, the whole, you walk in and the whole store is wearing, like, Under Armour undershirts underneath their jimmy john's shooting sleeves and like we all got like jimmy john's hats and like but it was like everyone including the managers you know and then there were and that was like the case for pretty much the whole time you know what i mean and it kind of sucked but you know you get kind of used to it but then there was a time probably like two months before i quit where they changed the rule and they said you know what like uh you can have visible tattoos and then you got to see everyone's like hilarious tattoos like everyone had been hiding you know yeah, um, the Pittsburgh, uh, the was, Steelers tattoos, all the Steelers tattoos. So many Steelers tattoos, man. It was great. And, like, we had this one manager. He was cool. Like, he didn't uh, ride us too hard, but his name was Gator, and he was, like, this total, like, yinzer, like, like Pittsburgh dude. And he he was, like, a dude who, like, he looked like he was, like, about, like, 55, 60, but he was, like, you know, 40, 45, and – when he didn't have the cover of his tattoos, it was awesome because he had these, like, real cool, like, dragons and snakes and, like, flames and stuff. And everyone was just, like, uh, like so into Gator's tattoos because he was very proud of them, too, you know? It was cool. <laughs> but, like, they, they, they had, like, another, like, they had a, the other fucked up rule was um, no unnatural hair colors. So, like, you couldn't have blue blue hair or whatever, you know? And so, like, all the bikers are, like, like weird, like, gamer dudes and, like, punks or whatever. And, like, it was, like, very repressive for them, you know? That should be against the law to do the, the any – they should just make it a blanket law against, like, making hair a condition of employment. I, I think. I mean, you can't have, like, filthy it's, it's hair. It's crazy. But it's not fa- – like, you hear so – they use that really – I mean, I know that, like, that the, we you can live without dyeing your hair blue or whatever, but they mostly use that to keep, yeah. you know, black people from being able to work, you know? Well, that's what I was going to get to is, like, that was what – I didn't realize that at first, but then I started seeing who they who was getting called out for, like, having orange hair or red hair or whatever, and it was, like – black girls working the counter or the black girls like yeah uh, that's how they wrapping do it. the sandwiches and i was like and the, you know the, a, a couple times it happened would be like some new girl come in and she's got this like cool orange weave like looking real fresh and the manager is like oh you can't look like that and they're like why like 
why not? And then and then everyone is like, fuck, man, this is just racist. Like this isn't this isn't about the blue hair kid or whatever. Because like everyone's wearing a baseball hat anyway, or like a ski cap. Like you have to have a hat on at all the times too. So like the only people with hair hanging out are like girls on a sandwich wand with like weave, like cool ass weaves. You know what I mean? Like they look cool. You know? Um, yeah. But that- it was a bummer, and I I realized that like lots of like their little rules that they had that I just kind of brushed off because, you know, I was like older than most of the people there too, you know, and I was like, I don't care. Like I've had worse jobs than this. Like I don't, you can't, you can't hurt my feelings with this stuff. Like I'm just here to work for a few hours a week. And I was like, oh, no, this is just like some weird racist shit, you know? Um, And these people really need their jobs. Like they're not, they're not walking away from this willingly, you know? Yeah. That's such a weird thing to when, there, because it's like, who is demanding this? I mean, it seems like everybody thinks it's like con- a common sense or maybe conservatism. It's like, you know, you can't show a tattoo and you can't have colorful hair. But like, that's nobody is really following those guidelines. There's no like ministry of like uh, acceptability that tells everybody what the guidelines are. I don't know why bother. Yeah. I mean, why bother? Well, they. I'm, and like, yeah, everyone's. Some- I've recently heard that they're changing the dress code at uh, Walmart to make it seem more comfortable. Like, that's the new thing they're doing. It's like, oh, you can wear your regular sh- clothes to work now. We still ain't going to pay you nothing to buy them or anything, but you can wear them. Hey. Right. They, basically, they're saving money on blue polos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have to buy? I wonder if you have. Oh, Walmart's saving money on blue polos. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. You're, you're right. Well, hey, man, thanks for calling in. Uh, you got a Twitter name? You yeah, want to give yeah. Um, sure. It's not super active, but I'm uh, then it got worse on Twitter. Um, oh, I, I'll shout out my Instagram. I know that's not. Um, that's You're allowed. Hey, for you guys, that's cool with me. That is that's where I'm more active, and I got more juice. But I'm uh, Royal Gels. It's Royal J E L L Z on Instagram, and I'm I'm a beekeeper, so it's lots of like. Uh, pictures of snapees and that kind of shit. Well, hey, thanks for calling. I I appreciate it, and uh, I like Instagram too. I just don't have one, so I don't know anything about it. Word, yeah, that's just like I got started on that um, a few years ago, and yeah, I just I actually just picked up Twitter like a year ago just for new stuff. You know what I mean? But it's not not really my thing. Yeah, nice talking with you guys. I nice appreciate you taking the call. Uh, yeah, have a good one. I got the burps right now, buddy. Yeah. Burping it up. That, uh, oh man. Have, I'm just imagining now a manager saying, we tell them freaky fast, everybody. <laughs> How fast do we deliver the subs? Freaky fast. Yeah, they do. Uh, free smells too. Is That's that weird sign. Were they, they have, free smells? They're free smells. Yeah, you can walk by and get free smells. But that's the only thing we're giving you for free. You got to buy these cheap ass. You got to pay money for these cheap ass sandwiches. God, yeah. Yeah, you, freaky fast. You got to get on that bike. You got to pedal. Don't you, don't you, uh, don't you slow down even for one second. And then when you get back, scrub the floor. <laughs> Jimmy John's had guacamole before Subway did, though. Really? Yes. I did not know. I haven't eaten at a Jimmy John's since we were in Michigan, 
and uh, I don't like it really, so it's super easy for me to avoid. It's like the Walmart boycott that I do. I don't live close to a Walmart, so it's very easy to boycott Walmart. <laughs> right. Like I live, I don't. I live ten miles from a Walmart on any side of me. Everything in the world is easier to get to, so my boycott. I feel like my boycott is not necessarily fair at all because it's really done. It's like if I lived close to one, I would probably be very tempted to go to it if things were cheap. End up there eventually. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's see who's on the line next here. Uh, Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is May. May? 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 Yeah. How are you? Yeah, me. I'm good. I am the big guy's girlfriend. Oh, hey. Oh, the big girl. The big, guy. the big girl showed up. The big guy's <laughs> girl. Yeah, you don't want to say the big guy's girlfriend. You don't want to tie her to the, like, all of her existence is based on her relationship with the big guy. How's it going, May? Uh, I've just been, like, playing Minecraft waiting for y'all to take my call. Uh, I'm sorry, what was that? I've just been playing Minecraft, waiting for y'all to take my call. Well, we're here. We t- we're we're here. I know you're mad at us. You're are you creating a globe Earth on uh, Minecraft right now? Actually, that's exactly what I do. I just get on creative, and I'm like, how round can I make this? <laughs> well, it's actually an oblate spheroid, from what I hear. <laughs> Oblates? I don't even know what that means when you say that. It just means like what? it's not it's not like a perfect circle. It's like a circular shaped thing. Okay. It's more like a lumpy baseball. I tend to agree Ball. that even if it's a globe, which we're still asking questions about, uh it's probably not a perfect like round globe no. like it is on like like when you buy a globe in a school. So, I mean, technically that's not even right if you ask me. Like I, we don't know. We don't know anything about the shape of the earth. <laughs> A lot about the shape of the earth. <laughs> well, what do you know? What do you? What kind of personal well, science do have you done to study the shape of the I, earth? Well, there's a lot of gravitational data that proves that the earth is not perfectly round. It's not a sphere. It's not a ball. But it's it's a sphere that's been squashed. And there's a lot of magnetic data that proves that. Um, Okay. If you look at seismic velocities, you look at seismic velocities, um, gravitational fields, because the gravitational field changes around the Earth, and that's how we know it's not round, but that's how we know it's round-ish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you can read. and who, who's paying for all of this science? The same people that, the same people that do Guantanamo Bay and the Gulf of Tonkin? <laughs> Oh, you're doing the science. Yeah, I'm a geologist, so. Mm. Um, are, do they let you take a rocket up to take a look at it? With no, your we're too poor for that. What's that? We're too poor for that. Oh. Well, I want to. I want to see it for myself. That's just. I'm. I just can't trust like the street level thing. Like people are just saying. You know what they think about it. I got to see it myself. I mean, I can send you all the papers. They'll be terribly boring to read. Yeah, I, I don't want to do that either. 
But no, I'm willing. Oh. I mean, I'm willing. I'm just saying we need to teach the controversy a little bit, and uh, you know, talk about what's where systems of knowledge come from. You know, it, I mean, it comes from the numbers, right? Okay, I, I believe you. I believe that there's paperwork that backs up what you say, but I've got some pretty good memes to back up my me. I mean, I've got a Nigerian prince who will give you money for saying the earth is flat. No, really? Can you get me in? Yeah, no. I, he'll just. I'll send you. I'll send him your email, and he will give you his um his wealth of gold that he's inherited just for you. Well, this is my lucky day then. Uh, so, so now that you've proven the earth is round, what changes? What changes is that there's one less dumb person running around saying the earth is flat and getting me angry. You can't make me smart. There's nothing you can do to force me to be smart. <laughs> the Brett Payne take right there. That is perfect. Put that on a t-shirt. Bye. I'm sorry. What was that? I mean, I, I guess I can't make you smart. You'll never make me smart either. You're doing a great job, though. You're doing a great, making a great attempt. I'm, I try my best. Um, what else? Oh, I also have to defend myself. I do drink liquor straight. Okay. okay. What kind of that liquor? That was mostly rum. Mm, that's a hard one. 151? Mostly rum. Do you drink the 151, though, or do you drink, like, good rum? Uh, no, I drink, like, Ron Rio. Ron Rio. I'm looking it up. I don't drink, so I it, don't know what any kinds of, any alcohols are. It it comes in, like, a bleach bottle. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, that's cool. You're perfect for the big guy, I think. I think you and the big guy are going to have a long, beautiful relationship together. Build on Ron Rio and yeah, that's it. Just Ron Rio. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sweet guy. I love the big guy, and and you seem nice. I'm I'm glad to I'm glad to hear somebody. I mean, I know Wrath from Angelo also hangs with the big guy, but it's nice. It's it, it, sometimes I worry about him, and it's nice to hear that so that that he's doing okay. So it's I'm glad we got to hear from him. I'm glad we got to hear from you tonight. Yep. All I'm right. trying to think. Do I have anything else to yell about? Oh, camping. I also want to yell about camping. How I how bad triggered. it sucks. Do you want to tell Brad oh, how bad it sucks? So bad. Camping is the worst thing on the planet. Thank you. It does suck. It's the worst thing. I don't know why people I, like to do it. I've been camping last month. We climbed this dumbass mountain. Okay, it's just like, it starts off being freezing, and then by the time we get to the top, we're just sweating balls. And I come back, and my tent's upside down. B like, your tent is up, oh, because it blew over? I yeah, and it was Ugh. like staked down, like tent staked, I have a heavy-ass bag in there, I come back, it's upside down. All my shit's like all over the tent. Yeah, now you have a story to tell. <laughs> I hate camping. It sucks. Okay, okay. I mean, but you seem to be very fond of the earth. Why can't you deal with it how it is? Like, why can't you just take it for what it is? You know, I take it. I appreciate it. 
Um, I will look at it through the window outside my room. I I agree with you. I want to come back and sleep in my own bed. We can do whatever the hell we want during the day, but I want to sleep in my own soft, warm bed. Me too. I agree with you 100%. That is the correct take on camping. Go out and enjoy the outdoors and then come home and sleep in your nice warm bed or cold bed. I like it. I like to keep it so cold that my wife has to get up early and sleep on the couch for the rest of the morning. The outdoor sucks around here though. Like I want to I there's better outdoors. That's true. I'll go with that. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I've grown up in a place with like maybe the shittiest outdoors of all time. <laughs> Yeah, I've lived in the city all my life, too. That's maybe another issue is like I just am not a camper because I just I've lived in the city all my life. I can't imagine that the woods are better than the suburbs, maybe, I guess, because I I grew up in the suburbs. So it's like, eh, I just can't imagine that the woods are better than that. So fuck it. <laughs> my my high school was like on a sugarcane plantation. So. Ooh, that sounds nice. I mean, no, it was. They said that the buildings were built on like the mass graves of the slaves. That okay, that's there. bad though. That's actually a bad place to build a building. <laughs> well, hey, May, thank you for calling in. We're gonna hit our break now because we're we're tired, and we're gonna come back okay. and take the rest of these calls. The Earth is flat. Thank you for calling in. Okay. Bye. You can't let them get the net last word in ever. Like you, like that's my that uh, my favorite radio bit ever is when guys like conservative guys would like get a liberal on there and they'd start arguing with them and then they would they would they'd start they get a liberal caller and I'm like you don't know what you're talking about and then the conservative guy would be like all right well I'm glad we had a spirited debate and then they would be like oh but also you know uh, liberals are tax and spend Democrats and they want to. You know, they would say their thing right. and then hang up, and it's my favorite bit. That's the best radio thing you can do. It's a good you way have to win. all the power in that situation. All right, you ready for a break? Then we'll come back and we'll actually take calls. We've only taken three calls. I know. We've got, like, six people on the line right now. I would say you're all pretty safe, I would guess. Uh, so stay on the line. We'll be back in a short while. Uh, 202, you're up next. You've been uh, waiting for about an hour, but hang in there. Thank you for listening to Street Fight Radio. We will be back. Some shit, rookie, press that button. The trunk went, uh-uh, and all of a sudden, four 15s didn't see no wires. And then I heard boom from the amplifiers. Hey, Street Fighters, thanks for listening to the show. Sunday night, we are taking your calls. We do it uh, every single Sunday, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. People start calling in usually about 10.30. The number is 614 412 5252. We're coming to you out of downtown Columbus, Ohio, in the Free Press Studios. We are a part of the Pacifica Radio Network. We're here on 92.7 or 98.3. We got two channels there, so add them both or whatever one comes in best to your presets on your radio so you can hear all the other programming we have here on Street Fight, on Street Fight, on WCRS. Um, if you want to find more of what we do, just head to streetfireradio.com. 
that has all of the episodes along with uh, any of the songs. People always ask what songs are in the episodes. If you go to streetfireradio.com, that's where you can find that. And if you want even more than our call-in shows and our basement shows, you can head to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, where you can get access to our digital zine, uh, exclusive videos, and we're cooking up some other cool stuff uh, that's coming out soon. So now's the time to get involved. Street Fight is going worldwide, and uh, we hope that you'll be along for the ride. I hope you'll be along for the ride. How you feeling? I, we're feeling better now. We come back from our break. You get a little sheer mag. You get a little parquet courts, And, of course, I will always give you a rap song. The big timers. So, uh... I don't know what happened there. I'm just going to get rid of that. Yeah, we're still playing. Yeah. Well, that's what I do. You know, but yeah, yeah, we got the big timers. We we uh, played some good tunes. I love Sheer Mag. They're the best. I hope they're listening still. I hope they haven't gotten tired of us yet. <laughs> yeah, one of the Suma greats. Kuma tires in the goody booty. <laughs> Up and down. I like when he talks. I like in the big timer song where he talks about watching porno in his car. <laughs> yeah, that was popular for a time. Up and down. And it wasn't really. Well, those screens, man. I used to always go to these weird, like, car sh- car shows that were out in front of, like, a bar that has a, a, a mechanical bull in it or something. And there would always be somebody that had, like, eight or nine screens in their car just playing filthy stuff. Why? <laughs> Why? It's what eye-catching. Is- I, yeah. Oh, come look at my cool car with porno playing in it. Up and down and down they go. Ugh. God. These guys. I mean, you're not I'm, a big timer. I'm not, not a I, camper. I, I, you're not a roller coaster rider, and you're not a big timer. I'll show some prestige TV in my car to get people's <laughs> attention. <laughs> I love this scene. <laughs> I'll show the scene where uh, Wallace gets shot in the wire when I'm in there. Oh, that's a good idea. Like, yeah, that is. Uh, that's eye catching. I gotta watch that. <laughs> Let me grab a seat. <laughs> I believe Wallace was Michael B. Jordan, was it? They had to kill a little kid. That was the saddest thing I ever saw. They knew what to get. They knew what to do, man. You kill a kid and people will be like, that. okay, this show is, this is prestigious TV right here. Yeah, this is a tough theme. A tough theme. <laughs> this is a challenging theme. This is adult themes right here. Let's, let's, let's get through these calls. Let's, let's get the stuff done. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hello? Hey there. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Shane in California. What is up? I love California callers, since that's mostly what we get, because we uh, are always on at one in the morning. (laughs) Well, I'm always at work when you guys are on. It's my night off for once, so I actually got to call in. Oh, that is... I love it when people get the night off and, like, wait on hold to talk to us. Like, I always... I feel so, like... uh, it's cool that they're like when Brett and I went to New York, one of our one of our I think one of our bigger fans, uh, Janik, was on the Street Fighters group like, I'm so amped. I'm off this week. I can finally listen to the call in show. And I was like, buddy, we're going to be in New York <laughs> that night. And he was like, oh, dang it. And I felt I, I still feel bad about that. It's like you tell me what your work schedule is next time. We'll let you know when we're going to be out of town. I guess, I guess I'll ask. Well, uh, I uh, I bartend, so I work nights, but I've got a kid, so on my night off, I'm just sitting at home, you know. So. Oh yeah, I'll ask you. The, I I guess while we have 
while we have you on the line and Brett's in here, we got some people in here. Uh, I have a I have a question for the listeners and I have a question for Brett. Should Brett and I do the show on Father's Day? That is the question that I'm posing to everybody. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I've got to work no matter what day it is. <laughs> what do you think, Brett? Should dads have to work on Father's Day? I think they shouldn't. But you know what? My dad, every year on Father's Day, would get, like, plants, and he would work. Like, that was, like, what his jam was. He's like, I'm going to go plant these flowers or whatever. You know? Sure. But this is our job, though. He didn't go to work. He didn't, like, go and actually just do his regular job that's true that's true okay we're this is gonna come up later so what's going on tonight shane i've got a landlord story to tell you Ooh, we like those okay what's up all right so in december um my husband died it was a freak accident he slipped when he was going to the bathroom in the middle of the night and cracked his head on the toilet and he died of a subdural hematoma this is the toilet part's going to be relevant later oh wow and so i emailed the list I emailed the landlord and told her, like, look, rent's going to be a day late because i got to organize this funeral and whatever. She knew. And also, like, the apartment employee, like, the creepy Kaczynski-looking maintenance dude, like, saw the body being taken out of the apartment. So fast forward three months, and I'm looking at my utility bill because water is, like, billed per occupant. Like, they don't meter it individually. They give you, like, a one person amount or a two-person amount or whatever i look at my utility bill and i see that they're still billing me for two adults worth of water use so i call up the property manager and i'm like he fucking died i'm not trying to pay for a dead dude's water can you like credit me back this money and she's like oh we need to see a death certificate what and i was yeah she's like she's like you need to prove it that makes I'm me like, what crazy the hell do you mean i need to I'm like, what the hell do you mean I need to prove it? I emailed you the month it happened, and y'all saw the body. And she's like, no, you need to go down to the county records office, wait for three hours like you're the fucking DMV of death, and pay 20 bucks for another copy of this shit. That is crazy. Because, like, they do that at jobs sometimes, too, where they'll be like, I guess you could bring in the obituary, too. Like, they'll they'll give you that concession. But anybody that's asking yeah. for a death certificate is scum, I think. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think we can all agree that anybody who says, I need to see a death certificate, is a real scumbag. And they're asking me for a death certificate for a grand total of, like, 30 bucks a month on the water bill. Yeah, they could just cut it off. I mean, it's like making your yeah. life harder after somebody in your life dies seems like something a human would be like, oh, okay. Do you, so can I ask you this about your, your place? Are you in an apartment complex or are you in just a, a, I am like in, a landlord? I'm, I'm in a big apartment complex and it's managed by one of the biggest property management companies in the country. Okay, yeah. So that's crazy then like that they – I mean, they have no autonomy. I mean, yeah. the person behind the person at the desk is like, I don't know. I can't put it in your file without the right paper, you know, without a piece of paper. Oh, yeah. I mean, totally. They, they couldn't. So just... I, end, I ended up doing it because, like, 
I had to Photoshop my bank records to get this apartment in the first place. They're going to kick me the fuck out if they realize how much money I make for one person, like, paying the rent on this place, you know? Right. <laughs> that is the coolest thing you know? I've ever heard. Photoshopping <laughs> bank records. I've never heard that done before. So I end up I end up giving them the, the death certificate. They credit me back the money, whatever. But there's still the fact that he died crashing into the toilet, slipping on the floor, and the toilet's broken. And I talked to a neighbor who also had a broken toilet, and she said that the landlord charged him $800 to replace their toilet. They're I don't never, have $800. They're not. A, so I call up my buddy. I'm sorry. They who, can't uh, charge you for Evo. that. They can't charge you for that sort of like that kind of thing makes me crazy because like my landlord will charge me like 50 bucks now if he has to come and like snake a drain and there's something in it, you know. And it's like, I yeah. didn't fucking do that on purpose or anything. I didn't throw a toothpaste tube, toothpaste tube down the drain to make you have to come here and do this. I don't want you here at all. Okay? Yeah. I didn't I didn't purposefully use your toilet to murder my husband, but they were going to take 800 bucks for it. So I had my buddy who works at Home Depot get his discount on the cheapest one and come over and help me install it. But I couldn't take the old one out during the day or the landlord would see that I did the switcheroo. <laughs> So now my problem is I've got a toilet sitting in the middle of my living room that's too heavy for me to lift, and I can't figure out how to get it to the dumpster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Street Fighters, if you're listening, we, we need to send out a, a request for help to steal to abscond with the toilet in the middle of the night. <laughs> Can you sell porcelain? Somebody take my broken toilet away. <laughs> that is – that. I mean, I – oh, wow. I First of all, I'm sorry for your husband. That is That is terrible. And uh, secondly, I'm sorry you have a toilet in your living room right now. I've, you know what's funny is like I've been in situations where I had something sitting, you know, like where you're just like you have like a car part in your living room. And then there's like a million jokes where people are like, oh, you white trash. You got a car part sitting in your living room. You're like, sometimes I just got to keep a car part in my living room. God damn it. Yeah, it's just the situation. Yeah, I'm trying to find a way to pull a toilet switcheroo on my asshole landlord. It's kind of weird. Trash. <laughs> Is it? Does it look like roughly the same toilet or anything? Did you like try to max match it up? Or, like, what do you think's gonna happen when you move out? I mean, not that it. I mean, you. I mean, you can just be like. I just got the cheapest one that they had at Home Depot, like with my buddy's discount. But it, a toilet's a toilet. I don't think they're keeping track of brand names. Oh, I do. I. <laughs> I would. I, I mean, I hope they don't. But they sound really petty, like just the like you couldn't even give them the obituary. You had to get or the the uh, a lot of times you pick up that little card at the funeral they have, which is it's so sad that like they have to have like a little like thing like those programs or cards or whatever that you get at a funeral now are basically just your excuse to get off of work for a bereavement day. Like it's not like, a, Oh no, they needed the official documentation from the County with the seal on it and everything. What did they say when you like, so you didn't get to ask them about the toilet. You didn't get to be like, you, you were just like, I'm just going to replace this thing and it's not going to cost me $800. And I'm cause I could see them charging you now. I like, at first I, I was like kind of thinking, Oh, they probably won't charge you for it. If it's, if it's like a tragedy, but then it's like, they made you go get a death certificate. So they don't give a shit about the tragedy. Like no, this land, no, they don't give a shit at all. And listen, Brett, I know you were saying they don't have any autonomy, but I'm sure they could have taken I'm sure they could have taken him off that bill. I don't like unless they're mailing the bills from like corporate headquarters. If the leasing office 
if the leasing office is on site and they've seen it, they have to be able to just remove the person. It sounds like they were being a pain in the ass to me. Like, oh, you would I want think my... they would be able to. Yeah, it you... does go through a third party, though. I guess they have procedures they need to follow. Yeah, we have a third. Our rent, I think our, I think ours is probably fairly similar. Similar, and that like I get a water bill every month, but I don't ever open it, and I just send my landlord fifty dollars more than my bill every month, and then they every once in a while I'll be like, "You owe me seventy bucks for your water bill," and I'm like, "All right," and I just send them the seventy dollars. They could be ripping me off. I have no idea, but it goes through a third party and then comes to them. But those big apartment complexes can be tough. Like the landlords at those big apartment complexes, like it becomes so depersonalized, which. For me, is a preferable situation, or for like you know being able to replace your toilet like that is a preferable situation. But like, uh, also you can you could you you might have been able to call like a regular landlord and just been like, hey, you know this happened, and they'd be like, oh, I feel sorry for you, honey. They'll they'll never give you the month's rent off or anything, but <laughs> they they might not like charge you for his water bill. Yeah, the leasing agent is just, like, some person who probably, like, makes crap wages working for the landlord, but, like, no corner for people who work for landlords. She's a bitch. <laughs> that, I, I feel for you, though, and I, I if there's – where you're in California, like, uh, I don't, I'm not going to make you give your location, but if you're in California, do you have a Twitter account? I don't, no. All my social media is private because I'm trying not to get fired. Oh, that's probably a good idea. I mean, we did get somebody fired on the <laughs> show once. <laughs> so, uh, just if you're out there and you need, like, and you have maybe call in and give us a suggestion for how to get rid of this toilet, I'm sure somebody will come and take it from you if it's not super. Is like the porcelain broken on it? Yeah, like I threw away the tank part, but the base part's still sitting in the oh, living room. Shit. Maybe you could reupholster it and make it into like a real hip chair. <laughs> That's some, a good idea. Put a flower pot in it or a, <laughs> a, some fish tank. A succulent garden. <laughs> yeah, a succulent garden. <laughs> oh, Brett would love that. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry for your husband, and uh, I'm glad you got to call in. Thanks for calling. All right. Good night, guys. Good night. That was that's wild. A death certificate. That sucks, huh? man. That's just like that's one of those moments when I just want to grab people and shake them and just be like, God damn it! Do you understand what situation I'm in right now? Like when you talk, and like, and like you said, they probably have to deal with a phone call with some regional manager if they would have just done it without the certificate. Yeah. Somebody would have called him and said, uh, uh, "I'm seeing that you changed the account here, but you didn't put the the." pdf document in there with the certificate you know yeah i mean it, and it's like we talk about that a lot with courts right when they like sentence a teenager to life or something like that and we're just like why isn't anybody in this room saying we can't throw a teenager in prison for the rest of their life like why isn't what is going on here like like or any of those laws, like uh, any of those things, like they talked about that kid. Well, actually, the conservatives are up in arms about some kid that was like super sick. And uh, he lived in England or Great Britain and he needed to get to Italy. And they were like, you ain't going to Italy. And these conservatives are all fired up about it, about socialized medicine. And I'm like, well, I mean, Italy has socialized medicine too. <laughs> like they have single payer there. So either way, it was like a big bonus there. 
Like right. it's a big win. I mean, you know, a kid died, but it's it still like says that universal health care is probably better than what we have. Right. And like even seeing conservatives complain about it where you're like, I mean, a lot of kids die here because they can't get care too because they don't have money. I thought that was so wild. That guy was like, oh, I got the reason I got an AR-15 is in case I got to fly my kid to Italy and get health care for him. And it's like, that's the weirdest reason to have a gun. I think I, that you have, you, sir, have the weirdest reason for needing a gun now. <laughs> like, he's going to hijack a plane? Like, is that, like, are we looking at a, uh, what's that movie? John Q? Yeah. Are we looking at a John Q situation here? <laughs> Seems like it. <laughs> These conservatives are going to start hijacking planes and fly into s- countries with single pair. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I got the freedom to do that, and that's why I like America. <laughs> well, and then I ended up reading later on, I read a thread of a dude arguing with somebody about it, and they said, like, whatever was happening with the kid he wasn't getting cured even the doctors that were going to work on him were like you can't reverse brain damage like he he, his brain is not going to regenerate we just want to do experimental like basically it was like research you know what i mean we could keep him alive in a coma and then he'll die later was, was what they were doing so they're like no you know you can't which is like I can see somebody being pissed off and like, no, you can't of them saying, no, you can't go do that. But again, it's like, I mean, why do it in the end? You know, I know we're not all thinking clear when our kid is sick, but again, these conservatives are crazy though. They just, they're, so they're all up in arms today because they hurt Sarah Huckabee, some comedian hurt Sarah Huckabee Sanders feelings. Yeah. That's been all day long. That is the most snowflake thing in the world. Like, I know that this is a hack observation to make now, but holy shit, they have been going off on that all week now. Like, all day. Not all week, but since it happened last night, they are still like, it's just the left is cruel. They're just cruel. Right. Donald Trump isn't, though. No, he's not cruel, okay? He just tells the truth. <laughs> he just tells the truth. He just tells you you're when you're ugly. If you're ugly, he tells you you're ugly, goddammit. All right, let's see who's on the phone here. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Saul. How's it going, Saul? Oh, I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I uh, I see. I'm I'm feeling pretty good because I I think actually I'm in the in same place that I was uh, the last time I called you, sitting in the in, in my easy chair next to my dab rig. <laughs> I was thinking about dab rigs the other day, to earlier today, because I walked by a head shop and I saw seven foot bongs up in the window. I'm like, well, goddamn, people still buy seven foot bongs. And then I thought about oh. it. I was like, those are probably just decorations because, I mean, dab a dab rig is a seven foot bong in a more compact yeah. area, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle. Both are a lifestyle for sure. And, um, Actually, I'm, I have I have a work story for you, but I have to say this before I get to it, which is that I yesterday I stopped in right next to the restaurant I work at. There's a there's a head shop, so I go in all the time to get stuff, and um, I I go in, and uh, the the only other person in there is buying one of those gas mask bongs. 
And I was, I was like, I was stoked. I was so stoked. I was like, I, I audibly too, because you know I'm friends with everyone who works there, and I, and I was like, I kind of freaked. I was like, oh my god, like I actually, this is a unicorn of a moment. Like I didn't ever think I'd get to see this happen, but like you're gonna have a fucking great life. Can man. I like, can I ask this you is a good purchase? Can I ask you a question about the profile of this person? Very young, right? They yeah. have to be like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, yeah. It's in, we're in a college town, so I, I mean, he, he was probably yeah, eighteen or nineteen. Those things are the absolute worst smoking devices. I can't think of a worse. They were selling them on the street when we went to Chinatown in New York. Like every other table had gas mask bongs, and I was like, "God, those things are the worst invention in the whole world." They, your eyes get so fucked up from those things because <laughs> it's bad. They're a bad invention. I don't know. But, I mean, they are cool, too, though. It is, like you said, it's a lifestyle choice. You're making a statement when you buy one of those. Uh, we uh, I called it the panic box because every time someone used it, they would just be, like, scrambling to get it off their face and, like, spilling water everywhere. <laughs> Man, we yeah, that's get true. A- you can end up drinking some, some bong water with a, with a little head tilt. You know, it doesn't take much. When Brett and I get the Street Fight space, we'll buy a, a, a fucking insane smoking device. Maybe if we can find a table with one in it. Like, a, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a table that the bong comes comes out the middle and you just have a tube. Oh, that would be nice. Light it from your area. We need to check in the built-in bongs on Instagram hashtag. They got to make those. I'm <laughs> I'm looking right now. I'm while while we're talking, I'm going to now find out if there's a table bong cuz that seems like something we need. So Oh yeah, I mean I mean it could be it's just it sounds like a street fight thing like that that can be something you start too is like the bongs, like, you know, connected to the table with the microphones, with, like, I don't know, whatever else you need. I don't know, some kind of, like, LaCroix refrigerator. Yeah, but, a, um, a Kratom, um, a little Kratom coaster. A tap. A Kratom tap. <laughs> Just, then we'll start selling pod. That's true. I like this. We can flat pack podcasting kits, and it's just a, a mic <laughs> and a bong built into a table. It turns out, everybody, that a bong coffee table is a type of coffee table. So I can't find one with an actual bong installed to it. Wait, what? A bong coffee table looks is like a round coffee table. Oh, they it's call not it a, a bong one? Yeah, it's like a, a ball of lacquer, it looks like. And there's none here that are like, this is a coffee table that is also a bong, which would work great in our studio. We'll get an we'll get a crazy bong though. That's something we probably need. I think. I am looking at a a, yeah. a really nice beer pong table that's like lit up and has like <laughs> gutters on it and all that stuff. I guess that I don't like uh, beer beer though or beer pong or drinking games. So, oh, I also saw somebody <laughs> nick that one. <laughs> somebody hooked up um... a um. I like a co- an aluminum foil cone full of weed and hooked it up to like one of those air mattress things to air mattress inflators, <laughs> so that it could like fill the whole room full of smoke. <laughs> we'll but get one of those. Then. That would be fun. That's what we'll get. We'll, we'll fill the whole room with smoke all the time. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Okay, I will. I actually have one of those too, so I got to try that. Um, <laughs> but um, well. <laughs> We I mean, use bad ideas. This show is this show gives me some some bad ideas. Um, 
but I uh, actually I have a quick two quick stories for y'all. They're both it's uh, both sides of the coin about work. So uh, it's one's good and one's bad. I'm going to start with the good one because uh, if I start with the bad one and then end with the good one, trust me, I'll, I'll sound like an asshole. Um, but uh, basically, I just got promoted to uh, catering, driving the catering van around. And, I, and I'm going to be honest here. I've kind of been waiting like my whole life for like a driving job like this. Me and too. Uh, I was the I'm same really, I was I'm the same really way at the dope. cable company. I was the same exact way with the cable company. I was waiting my whole life for that. So I, I, I definitely feel feel you there. Yeah. I felt like I was getting called up to the big leagues. Like, because the boss, like, called me, you know. He was like, are you ready, man? You, you ready to do this? And I was like, I was so cheesily, like, into it. I was like, yes, sir, you know. Like, I, um, cause I, I'm, you know, I don't love the boss, but I was like, okay, this is this is a good opportunity. And I have to say it's. It's a hard job, but uh, taking these catering deliveries, I just get to kind of drive most of the day and listen to podcasts in the van and uh, and kind of smoke and roll around and just like uh, and get big tips. So I have to say, it's 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 kind of crazy. I work crazy hours, but you know, it's it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, the hours can be yeah. the hours for catering are probably you you work real late nights. Not not too late nights, but like. I get, so I, I'm in Chapel Hill in North Carolina, and we have uh, we just cater like all kinds of you know school events and graduations, and so we're just working like you know they'll have me come in and work uh, you know from from nine to nine you know a few days in a row, and it's just uh, it, it's taxing, but uh, for sure. But I don't know, it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of worth it right now. I, I again, like I said, the uh, I have. I have my my own van. It's a it's a lifelong goal fulfilled. You know what? My job actually that I just saw recently that's got taken away. I was at the grocery store and they now have those kiosks where you can just get a key made. And it made me think about there used to be at Sears. Oh my god! There was this little hut that was in the parking lot away from everything else, and it was just key made. Oh yeah. And I remember as a kid, oh, yeah. I was like, he just sits in there all day and makes keys. That's what I want to do. If somebody, <laughs> if somebody has to do that, I would like to do that. Dude, I just had the same yeah. kind of epiphany when we were on the road the last time when I stopped to pay tolls. I was like, damn, working in a toll booth sounds like the jam, dude. <laughs> yeah. I would love to work yeah. at a goddamn toll booth. That seems like the least annoying job in the world. It's just... They can't make you go nowhere. <laughs> can't make you sweep the floor, scrub anything. Like, nothing. It's just all just sitting in a little room all day. I love little rooms and vans. And all you do yeah. is just leave passive-aggressive post-it notes for the next person then on the, your shift. <laughs> Don't be farting in here closing up the windows, okay? Take a yeah, shower. Yeah, I find a lot of. I find a lot of cigarette butts and a lot of um and a lot you know a lot of roaches in the ashtray and stuff, but um. But I also, like, at this point, I don't know who left them there, so I kind of can't get that upset about them. Like, I might have done it, actually. So, um, <laughs> but it's um, it's good. Yeah, actually, and, you know, if, if I'll, I listen to Street Fight if it has an aux cord or Bluetooth, if it's one of the newer vans. But if it's one of the older ones, I got to be honest with you. I, I like I like Rush Limbaugh because I like the format. He's an entertaining dude. I mean, he's a terrible guy, but, like, I don't know, something about the delivery, it's uh, it's kind of weirdly addicting. 
I agree with that. Actually, I'm the same way. I uh, that's who we learned from. I'm, I, I, yeah, that's how we learned to do radio. That's how you make radio. I guess he's good at making radio. He's just got the worst politics in the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know, it's it's good to listen to that. Like occasionally, just you know, again to kind of know, like if you're on the left, like we are, just like to know. I think kind of like what what some of the talking points are. Because yeah, like. Actually, he was getting into some radio statistics the other day, maybe because he was just pumping up, you know, like whatever the broadcasters, like syndicate or whatever. But uh, the he was network? like, yeah, yeah, something like that. And he, he was just talking up basically like, but telling the truth, because I looked this shit up later, like the radio is still just so incredibly uh, influential and he's on AM and FM bands. And so like, I don't know, I kind of like to listen to it. Yeah, the worst politics in the world, but then I kind of know at least, like, what what the talking points are. And again, like, you know, he occasionally has some good music on there and, and some wacky callers. Yeah, the callers are wild on that show because sometimes they'll, like, get, like, sometimes they'll get overtly racist or something and you'll see them like, okay, come on, we got yeah, we a dog whistle around here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is a dog whistle yeah. show, okay? Yeah, they, like the callers to those shows are something else because they have some ideas in their heads that went that they shouldn't be on the radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, but and then well, look, I know y'all have some other calls, so I just wanted to say one more thing, some more serious stuff. This is the the not so great part of the of this job, which is that uh, right now, especially in uh, where I live in Chapel Hill or Carborough, more specifically, but the whole area. Durham, Greensboro, Burlington, kind of like central North Carolina, there's that ice has really been like uh, raiding a lot. You know, they've been they've been out here really hard. And like, you know, I work with a lot of folks who who don't have, uh, you know, who don't have papers who are from Guatemala and Mexico and stuff like that. Or, uh, or, you know, or even a lot of refugees and stuff like that. And so there's just been a lot of horror stories out here. and already somebody who, who worked at the restaurant ha- has been uh, picked up and deported already. Like, they, they picked them up, and it, it's, it's just fucking scary. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I just want to tell, tell you all that that's, that's going on right now. And it's like, you know, we're trying to, like, people, are, like, we're all trying to scramble, like, figure out what we can do just to, like, keep ice out of someone's, like, neighborhood, like, in the moment. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I kind of feel helpless in the face of ice. Like, God, I'd love to abolish those guys. Yeah, and this is for yeah. somebody that's just making doing prep work for food. Yeah, yeah, you know, he he, he worked in the bakery and um, and I think and, and he was working at uh at like an, another restaurant that his like brother worked at, and I think he and his brother got picked up. And it's just in these big dragnet raids, and uh, and one you know one of the guys I work with, like on the line, who's always you know prepping stuff for caterings, is like, uh, you know, I followed him home the other night with the sheriff behind him. Like he's, uh, you know, he called me and he was like, but then I realized like there's people doing work in this area and stuff, a lot of like immigrants' rights organizations, and they're saying like, you can go verify if it's like actually somebody from ICE because. Uh, a lot of times, even just your asking will kind of scare them off because they're kind of weird and shady. Interesting. So confront them is what you're saying. I, well, yeah, and, I, and if I'm you're not going to get in trouble with them. Like, 
<laughs> I'm a citizen. Like I'm a I'm a white person. Like I'm white. You know, like I'm I'm like Latino, but I'm very white also. You know, and like I uh, and I look very white, and I have papers, and so like it's okay for me to go do that. You know, to some extent. I mean, there's always danger, but that's what they were saying was like, yeah, if you feel like you can risk it, like go approach them and just be like, hey, what's your name? Like, what are you doing here? Like, can I ask who you're with? And sometimes that will even scare off people who like uh, don't want to start a confrontation or a scene because. ICE just doesn't work like the police. Hmm. All right, man. Good info. Well, thanks for calling in. Yeah. That's yeah, nice. yeah. I just wanted to pass, yeah, to pass it on because I know we're all, like like I said, scrambling to figure out what to do. But, like, I guess in the moment, like, you know, if, if you have a coworker, a friend, or just anyone who looks like they're in danger, like, you know, go go try to just, like, if you've got some kind of privilege, go, go you know, put you know push it around a little bit like in those kinds of situations and try to make their life hard because it does work all right yeah absolutely man thanks for calling are you on twitter or anything um no i'm not but uh if anyone is interested uh at nc underscore dsa is the uh north carolina piedmont dsa chapter uh we're doing stuff like talking about you know you know, kicking out ice and all kinds of other good stuff in the in the like uh, Piedmont, the Central North Carolina DSA. So, I'll I'll plug them. All right, perfect, man. Thank you. I appreciate you calling in. Yeah, yeah, cool. Thanks for taking my call, y'all. Have a good night. You too. Calls back. We need more. Call- we uh, we have a lot of callers actually. We do need more callers like that though. That was a good call. That was. So we just say we need. We can just say that. You know. That's true. Thanks for opening my eyes to that, Brian. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Let's see who's on the line here. We don't have to go three hours. We could do less if it takes less. Thanks for calling Street Fighter Radio. Who are we talking to? Oh. Hey, this is uh, Alf Devella. Oh, I'm uh, Street Fight Radio's number one boss. Number one boss? Uh Uh-oh. We don't have bosses here, okay? I was a supervisor, called in a while ago. I had a, had some stories about getting uh, recorded by my, my past boss, but it's also the guy who sent you those Prophet Steph shirts, so. <laughs> okay, yeah, I love the Prophet Steph shirt. <laughs> so, two things. I have one story and then one ask. Um, I can just kick off and burn through this story really quick, um, but first thing. Uh, Father's Day isn't for fathers, it's for the family, so you oh, guys can spin that however you... How, However you need to spin that, you can spin that however you need. It's not uh, made for us to watch Money in the Bank live for the for once. <laughs> that's not what Father's Day is for. It's on Father's Day? It is on well, Father's Day. Well, if, if you get the whole family to join, I mean, yeah, totally. My family will watch the first hour of it before they decide they need to go to sleep because they're like... I guess they have to sleep before it gets dark outside. <laughs> I have to fall asleep right before the sun goes down. <laughs> Sorry, I make fun <laughs> of everybody for going to bed early. No, that's fine. I don't go to bed early either. That's all right. So, um, quick thing. So, when I first called, I talked about how I left my previous job uh, with the last boss. I'm gonna. I want to tell a story about how I kind of met this boss. So I was chosen for a leadership training program, and you know it's one of those things where they they teach you that uh, you know it's it's just business, it's not personal, which is a which is an idea that I just don't I profoundly disagree with. I think it's all personal, and it, whether or not it's about money, it's all fucking personal. Anyway, this training was meant to last a year. 
Um, and in that same year, this new president took over. He was the fourth generation patriarch. And lucky me, I got partnered with him for this training. Um, so this was back when I was like an, an, uh, a young enough supervisor that I thought this would be something that would really benefit me in my career. And, um, and more importantly, I thought that it would benefit the team that I was responsible for supervising. I mean, because really, I've just been partnered with the president of the company. And so this is going to be good, right? Like, because this is like, I've been fighting for raises for my, for my, my workers for, for years. And now I'm going to have a direct contact to the president of the organization. So whatever. Um, so, but what I, what I learned really quick was that I was super, super wrong about this. Like this guy, this, this wasn't going to benefit me. It wasn't going to benefit fucking anybody at all. Um, this new, this new president, he was one of those baby boomer type of kids, you know, this self-aggrandized entitled fail son who got to spend 15 years traveling the world, hiding from his failed business attempts. Um, one of the business attempts I'm pretty sure involved the attorney general of North Dakota, but anyway, so this guy is. Uh, just getting going. He's just starting up. He's hopping around from floor to floor of the business, making these inspirational pep talks. And uh, he gets to the floor that we're on, and he starts laying into this impromptu speech about how he needs to help, you know, transform the company, about how it's a hundred-year-old organization and needs to be rejuvenated. And basically, he's pleading for others to help save his family's company and change the culture and all these things. And then he holds up this giant marketing survey. This thing is a three ring binder with what looks like it's holding about 500 pages in it. And he shouts, uh, you know, this marketing survey costs $35,000 to have created. And this is kind of where my heart drops. He's like, I'm a, I'm a new supervisor, right? Well, I've been a supervisor for a while, but a lot of what I do is I advocate for the team. I scan the faces of the people around me and I'm realizing that like 99% of these folks around me, they aren't making nearly that much. They're not even close to $35,000 a year. Um, specifically, my eyes kind of lock on, uh, on one of the support folks, the one who works the calls and you know, takes issues and writes, writes bugs and tickets and stuff. And someone who's been, who I've been trying to get a raise for her for about six months, she's been working there for three years. Ever since she got out of college, uh, she was making less than $23,000 a year. Um, it's the same company. So then this boss uh, lifts this thing over his head, this three hundred or this $35,000 binder over his head, and he just slams it on the ground, and he jumps on top of this thing and announces that he's going to ignore this entire marketing survey altogether. Oh, my God. And that's, <laughs> and that's kind of like, and that was kind of the beginning of the end. Yeah, man, should have just burned the money. Anyway. That would have been more fun. Right. So, you know, here I am fighting for these people so that so these folks can have more money. And like, this is this is what I'm faced with. Like, I know I'm a boss, like I know I'm a middle manager and I I am the boss. I'm the enemy. But fuck, like, how can how can this like, how am I supposed to help people when this is what I'm up against? Like, people just burn it. They literally burn it on fire. But and when you ask and you make these asks, it takes years. It literally took me five years to get people's salaries even close to like an average, a national average. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean that's the misconception though is you, 
you just go into those situations thinking, well, it's better for the man, it's better for them if the managers care about their people and take care of them and you know work to make sure these people are like strong, solid foundations for this company. But it's really not that at all, you know. No, it's not just, even close. Whatever some fail son decides is the next direction for the company or wherever he wants to cut costs. Yeah, no. So it was just a bad experience. But um, so that that was just my story. I wanted to quick tell. I know you guys got you got other calls to take in. Um, one other thing I did want to say though, this is my ask. I had a story that now I have an ask. Our Red River Valley DSA up here in uh, Fargo, North Dakota. Um, we're kicking off another profit of theft fundraiser t-shirt fundraiser um so we're going to be um getting a bunch of profitous theft t-shirts printed um and then all the donations are going to be kind of grouped together and then we're going to you know send out the shirts and then spend some of the money on local organizations across the red river valley up here um one of them that we're looking at is actually a newly started um lbgt clinic um right now they're only open one day a week but if we can get them some funds, they'll probably be able to open at least another day a week. So they'll be open two days a week. So that's kind of what we're, we're fighting for right now. Um, but uh, I will, if it's okay with you, I was, I was hoping that you guys could kind of boost the URL. Um, Go for it. And kind of get, a, get, it, get us helped out. But it's, it's rrvdsa.org slash profit is theft shirts. So, the shirts are um, really cool too. If you like, yeah. Brett and I have them. They're really cool shirts. <laughs> so I'll send you guys a link too. If you could help us boost it, that would be awesome. I'm actually getting pestered by some folks at the on the MPC that that want us to do another order here too. So it'll be good, and it's uh, of course you know all of it's going to good stuff. So, but thanks, boys. Thank you for calling at any time. Absolutely. Yep. Have a good night. You too. Brett's typing something up here. He's doing some typing <laughs> and looking. He's I wanted to make really sure I got the right thing. I want to make oh, sure I, I have the right, you, you the right URL. Oh, I DM'd it to you guys too at the Street Fight account. Okay, perfect. Thank you, awesome. man. I appreciate it. Wait. And I uh, follow. You're on Twitter, A U F D I E W I E L L E. Nope, W-E-L-L-E. You were close, close. dude. You were, this is a dude that can't close. memorize a single lyric from a song. <laughs> so that's impressive that he remembered that. I want to cheer him. But whenever we go on trips, Brett's like, how do you know all these words to these songs? And I'm like, I listen to them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yep. All right. Thanks for calling in. All right. Let's wrap it up. See who we got here couple more to go. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, it's Forrest in D.C. How are you? We're great. How are you doing, Forrest? Uh, I am I am doing okay. I am wrapping up a a, a cascading week of, of frustration and I'm trying to figure out whether I'm the dickhead in this situation and you guys basically serve as my uh, my true north morally speaking when it comes to these sorts of things so uh i'm hoping to get some guidance so we love giving uh, guidance so that's a thing we are yeah. always willing to give guidance please give guidance please give guidance you guys are my gurus so 
um, uh, on Monday, <laughs> this is this is ridiculous. Um, on Monday, my uh, mom, who is nearly seventy years old, she. Um, uh, I was out of the house at the time. It was the evening, um, and she sends me this frantic text message, basically saying, "We're being hacked! We're being hacked!" And I get in in touch with her as soon as I can because I have no idea what she's talking about. And she tells me that, oh, on her on her iPad that she has a, a, at home on the Safari, she had gotten some terrifying looking message saying, you know, the security on your computer has been compromised. Uh, please call Apple security right away. You can probably guess where this is going. It was my yeah. mom and yeah. yeah this happens yeah, to my it, wife it, all the time too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I, well, I, I, I hope. Yeah. Oh God. It was one of those things that you never think that you're going to be in that situation until you're in it. And yeah. So, um, she goes to CVS. Uh, she's being basically uh, talked to on the phone by this guy, obviously in another country. I found out later that, you know, is telling her that, you know, these people will ruin your life. You have to go to CVS and buy this $100 gift card. You have 20 hackers on your, you have 20 hackers actively in your system. And my poor mother is just like, walking around on a, a healing hip. She had a hip surgery recently, and she just, you know, buys this $100 Apple gift card. Anyway, anyway, long story short, um, once I finally figure out what's going on, I get the number that, that she called, and I see there's no way that's Apple because, let's face it, I'm not that much... Uh, more hip than a 70-year-old woman, so it took even me a minute to figure out what the hell was going on. So uh, she eventually gets off the phone before she, you know, spent another 400-something dollars that they were requesting on gift cards. So thankfully, my the, the loss was only $100. Anyway, this is on, on Monday night, and I call um, my bank to report it, as as fraud because I think you know what there there's not really it seems to me much of a difference between this and like if someone comes up and threatens you and says you know go take money out of an ATM I don't know it's 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 like it feels like a, 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 it's fraud right I mean I I don't know I don't know anyway on Monday night I call them they say. It hasn't hit the account yet. It's not a posted transaction yet, this gift card that she bought. So nothing we can do about about it now, but don't worry. We'll definitely be able to file a dispute for you. So on, uh, on the next day, I go into my the local branch of my, of my bank, which is, I, I don't know, should, do I say it? Do I not say it? I mean, do I, do I throw them under the bus? I don't know how this works. <laughs> it's up to you. But uh, it's uh, it, uh, uh, PNC. But um, the uh, bastards PNC. I, I, yeah, the dastardly, dastardly PNC. So I, I go, I go to just my branch, and um, 
the way that it works at the PNC branches is they have like uh, they have you know just regular tellers, and then they have just like a help desk, right, sort of situation where apparently I didn't realize this at the time. They always have someone who is designated a quote unquote manager stationed. It's like it's sort of a may I may I help you kind of situation, and I'm like I describe what happened, and I said you know I talked to the fraud department last night. They said I could file a dispute, and it's this poor you know it's like I don't know what like she's like 25 years old or something, but she's ostensibly a manager, which I didn't realize until later. I'm describing the situation, and it's like I'm speaking Turkish to her, right? Because she has no idea how to file this dispute, right? Anyway, long story short, I just feel like I'm going, I, 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 just my hatred towards banks in general is such that the moment I walk in, I think that uh, sort of a subliminal thing goes off in my mind, and I'm just like already hardwired for hostility. So, like, this this manager who again it seems like she's been a manager for probably about you know a day or something like it says she doesn't know how to file a dispute because she calls I spend like 15 20 minutes you know she calls the you know back office and she says well I can't file a dispute because I don't know how to categorize it I don't know like what but what what button to press it's almost literally like what what, what where box to, to take to slot this. what box yeah exactly and i think you, you were talking to the 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 lady in california earlier about you know sort of managerial discretion and i just feel like my my blood just boiling and i'm usually like a, a pretty polite guy with those sort of things and it's like i i i just i i just find myself just like completely i don't know kind of unraveling and like semi making a scene in the bank because it's like i'm i'm pissed off that this is a situation that i'm even in to begin with and then it's like you can't there's i one department says that it's super easy to just file a dispute and now you are not able to figure out what box to take exactly and so yeah i just i i walked out of there i was steamed but and i felt felt like you know i'm a i I acted like a total dick to this to this person but it's like i don't know whether i have license to do that or not because like this you know this is someone who's probably like like i i don't know like where that person is and how much power that person has to actually solve this problem. But I then call uh, the actual, you know, customer service or whatever, and they, you know, they they take it off of immediately. They say, oh, yeah, 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 no problem. And they issue a provisional credit. Mm. So first of all, I feel like I feel like an, an asshole a little bit for for going off at, you know, at somebody but then there's another part of me that just like thinks that banks are just total vampire monsters that just deserve no quarter (laughs) and that if you're going to be a manager at a bank you have to be prepared for that kind of thing and i don't know because 
Yeah, it's kind of like being a cop. Like, you have to know that people hate you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, then, but what made it worse, and the reason why I'm calling in and decompensating now, is because I spent the better part of, um, they issued, like, a provisional credit when I talked to them on on, uh, Tuesday or whatever. And they said, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to send you paperwork, just fill it out and, and send it back in, and, you know, we'll see that it gets investigated and we'll, you know, get that, get that credit stuck on there for you. And I'm sitting here, and it's the, the, the 29th, and I'm trying to scrape together enough money for, you know, the mortgage and, and stuff like that. So $100 is not, not uh, chicken feed. And then... I get a letter in the mail yesterday saying, "Oh, we're we're that credit that we just gave you, like we literally just gave you, and we were then going to investigate. We're going to go ahead and take that away because we none of these cases because it was a quote unquote authorized transaction or whatever. Um, uh, it, you know, none of these cases ever end up getting resolved in the client's favor. So I end up just like calling them and just was on hold and for hours and hours talking to different representatives in a manner not unlike I'm talking to you completely emotionally decompensating and just wondering like how much time am I wasting these people because I know it's their job and I feel like they should be able to do something about this and it just like it just really really pissed me off and I'm like I don't know if I'm losing uh, you know my shit completely uh, erroneously here but it feels like somebody should be able to do something (laughs) and the you know these commercial banks, it's just like, oh my God, I just, whenever I walk into a bank, I just, I, I feel like I'm, I'm just in, in enemy territory. So I don't know if I'm, if I'm the one who's, who's being the asshole here. I feel like I probably am, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's a the thing. I mean, you get, if you get flim flammed, usually there's nobody that was going to pay. You can't get like insurance against that, but I do understand what you're saying, though, because had they just taken her numbers and charged $50,000 on there, they would take it off, no problem. You know? Yeah. It's kind of a similar situation where it's like, like you said, well, somebody called me and coerced me into doing this with threats, and it's the same people. It it should be categorized the same way as somebody's skimming my card offline or whatever it is. Yeah, it, it, it felt it felt the same way. But at the same time, like, technically, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. If it had been a lot of money, they would have done that. But, yeah, it's like, oh, well, technically it was an authorized transaction. And, like, they're not wrong in that. And I have nothing to do, do except, again, it was sort of one of those, like, yeah, managerial discretion sort of situations where, like, I don't, I don't even know, man. But I, I just, yeah, well, it's yeah. Fair. Don't I beat was, yourself I just, up. I, it's fair to get. I mean, I get the same way too. I don't like it, especially when I've called on the phone 
and I make my plan out for what my tomorrow is going to be like, and I roll up in there, and they just say everything that you thought was wrong, and we can't <laughs> give you what the person on the phone said you were going to get, which is very yeah. commonplace, especially as someone that's fought with the banks on several occasions. Yeah, the 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 phone service versus the in the actual in person service are never connected in any sort of way. Yeah, they, they never they never are, and I don't understand. Well. I don't understand that. Why? Why? Yeah, just whatever. Yeah, I just. Oh man, no, you're you're uh, you're right, and it never never has been. Um, yeah, and the last thing I want to say is I completely agree uh, with Brian when it comes to uh, toll booths. If I could just work in a toll booth all day, I That's would. The job. That really seems like that. Really seems like it, doesn't it? It really seems like no no hassle, just bit best bang for the buck in terms of just like yeah yeah. I Nobody mean, can like, sit there I, long I, enough to bother you. That's the thing about it. They got to get through there, man. They try to get out of there. You just hand them their money and they leave. Nobody bothers you at the toll booth. I'm getting if this exactly thing, if this thing bombs. I'm getting a job at the toll booth, Brett. Fine with me. I I, I can we yes. Yes, I would. I would support that a thousand, a thousand percent. I would live in one if I could. I mean, I probably oh, that's man. that's that tiny house stuff though. You don't want to like give up your home to live in a toll booth. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, it's the hip thing now with the tiny houses. That is that's, hip. Whatever, tiny, tiny toll booth. Well, I think, right. I think you're justified well, to yell at the bank anytime you want to. Who cares? I mean, those people there know that they're going to get yelled at. It's a high-pressure situation. They're fucking with your money, and fucking with your money is like fucking with your life now, and uh, I'm totally with you, man. I, I'm, I'm with well, you. I, 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 I appreciate that. I appreciate that because I felt like I just spent, yeah, the whole day just like with just like these points that were very, very rational that just like completely devolved into nothing but me bitching in a completely dissociated way. Again, not unlike probably what I'm doing right now, but I appreciate that. No, <laughs> right. well, thanks for calling in, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. You too. We got some exciting teas, I see. I'm looking at the uh, Facebook page. Exciting what? Teas. Oh, yeah. Hot teas. Ooh, hello. Habanero teas. Okay, okay. Yeah, pelicantea.com is a place to get really spicy tea. Spice, that's a spicy tea. For hey. you, are you heat seekers out there? That's a spicy tea. All right, let's get these last two in. Maybe we'll get in under three hours. We right? could. We could. That would be something. Thanks for calling Street Hello? Fight. Who are we talking to? Am I on? Hello? You're on. Oh, what's up, gang? How's it going? Oh, we're great. Who's this? Uh, this is Mason. I'm in Los Angeles. L.A., baby, the city. L.A., baby. I'm L.A. by way of Chicago. I want to be in L.A. because it's warm there all the time. How's it going tonight? It's pretty. Yeah, I, it's pretty clutch, man. I'm just going. I'm doing my uh, walk to the grocery store. I had to get some uh, isopropyl alcohol and some little ice creams. I just got that. I'm on. I'm uh, walking my way back home. It's a beautiful night. It's like sixty. I got some jeans and a jacket on. It's pretty. It's pretty good out here. I gotta say. Yeah, it sounds like it. I see. I've been watching a lot of like TV shows that are like 
about L.A. It seems like they've decided to do L.A. instead of New York all the time now, and I'm always like, man, right. what a beautiful yeah, yeah. place that is. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I can't, you know, there's its own, uh, you know, every place has its problems, but, like, at least, you know, when the cops or ice come and wrestle somebody, it's under, like, cloudless skies or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, there is that. So what's going on tonight? Uh, not much, dude. I just had, like, uh, I worked nine to six at a production company, so, like, I had, uh, today to do all my chores and stuff, and just forgot, like, two or a couple things from the grocery store, so I walked. Uh, just been chilling out, man. Just got my laundry done. Just kind of having a chill kind of, chill kind of day. I took a, uh, I went to the dispensary yesterday. I got a, uh, like, a CBD gummy, and I took it like right at 8.30 because I thought it would hit me like by the time I got on and I think it kind of just came and went. But I'm still feeling kind of kind of even right now. You How gotta, are you guys doing? You got to hit that THC with it. You got to put some THC with it and then you'll feel the CBD a lot better. We're doing great. We're getting a little tired. It is uh, 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, it's here. super, yeah, it's super early. It's only like uh, 11 o'clock here, yeah. which is uh, like <laughs> perfect calling time for me. Yeah, that we're this the end of the show is perfect for LA people and people in California. That is for sure. Yeah. That's I do all the bonus shows. A lot of the bonus shows are done with California people because we can record at eleven o'clock at night and I prefer to do that, so Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I do it. Alright. Well, I just wanted to see if I could get on tonight. I don't really have anything cooler or better to report, but Hey, you're uh, on shout out to uh Yes, I am on. Shout out to everyone in the Street Fight Facebook group. It's like the highlight on my feed, basically. Oh, thank you. Uh, Do you have a like, Twitter name? Uh, no, nah, dude, I had to, like, Twitter was kind of like just turning my brain into Swiss cheese, so I just had to, like, deactivate it wholesale, like, a year ago, and I've never looked back. Awesome. Uh, well, hey, that's good, then. Well, I'm glad you're in the <laughs> Facebook group, then. Yeah, so I guess just uh, hang out in the Facebook group and I might comment on a post or something. But it's uh, it's cool to be on. Shout out, to, shout out to my boy, uh, all the LA guys I got drinks with a couple weeks ago. So that was like Carter, Angel, Jared, Preston, and uh, oh shit, somebody else. Oh, can I swear? It doesn't matter. It's um, fine. It's two in the morning. Nobody's paying attention <laughs> at this point. Uh, shout out to all those. Shout out to um, my group chat boys as well. They know who they are. And you guys just uh, shout out to all the street fighters from uh, on this here yeah. flat earth. Hell yeah. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. Thanks, guys. Yeah, have a good one. Oh, Yo, he's having a good one, actually. He's having a great one. He didn't even have anything to say. That's great. That's a really good time. Like, I don't have anything on my mind. I, I ain't worried about nothing. I took right. some CBD. I'm walking around L.A. <laughs> right now. What are you fucking losers doing? <laughs> em- empty-brained as hell. <laughs> we're sitting here. In a, we're sitting in this damn studio. At least it's not hot in here today. That's nice. Yeah. All right, let's get this last call done. I think I know who this is, though. We need like uh, we need to get a sound effect for the last call or something, a drum roll of some sort. Yeah, uh, I could probably find something to play, but I put all the stuff away. You know how I be. Oh, wait, that closing time song by... Uh... Ah, remember when we played Kenny G that time? Because oh, somebody that was, was just like saying Kenny G. I was like, let's play Kenny G while she talks. And it was like... She said that was the song they played at the end of the night when they were closing up. Yeah, so we played Kenny G. I wish I remember which Kenny G song it was. We just play that every night. What's up? What's going on, Rath from Angelo? 
Hey, what's going on, guys? I think you need a gong for the last caller. That's too high energy for the last caller. We're we're so low energy at the end of the show. I'm sitting here thinking, like, am I going to stop for French fries or am I not going to stop in. for French fries? I've been thinking about it the whole time too. Oh man. Well, I'm um, I'm calling in from uh, the west end of downtown Dallas, where every day I get to walk past Dealey Plaza, and it almost makes me wish we were still living in a time where if the president fucked with the dead-eyed ghouls in the deep state, they'd end up riddled with fucking bullets. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, other than that, I've just been fucking working unpaid overtime like a chump, um, hey, doing the like deadline a- stuff. We We did Nookie at karaoke the other night. Brett and I did, so there is that. <laughs> Uh, it's good to know you guys like karaoke. That's always a fun time. Um, I just had—I actually had a little, um, a little question. Uh, relationship advice. Nice. Um, We're experts my, uh, on that. As somebody who's only had like one, uh, who's been with the same woman for twenty years, I can definitely help with dating and relationship <laughs> advice. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's 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 actually kind of more up your alley. So I've been married for about years uh, I've known I've been dating my wife for something around eight um, and uh, and when we first met um, I was still like developing the radical side of my politics and I'm, now I'm much more enthusiastic with my anti-capitalism and anarchist leanings um, especially in the last three years since we've been married um, while my wife is I guess quote-unquote uh, normie uh, like was raised a, a, a Democrat and um, is uh, uh, I mean she was a she was a social worker she actually helped resettle refugees um, and so she uh, I mean her politics aren't bad they just aren't radical and I was wondering like how was that um, how was that how do you guys uh, mediate that in your relationships and i don't i, I mean maybe it's time for a for a life show to uh so we can that's we can understand their politics and i was just wondering how you how you reconcile that with um uh in in case your spouses weren't um aren't as uh nice and anarchist as that was, uh, they as aren't good boys they, but our wives both have roughly the same politics as us. They're just not, like, super open about it, and they don't care as much about, like, the minutia and things that are going on, but generally agree with our politics, mostly. But I think I, I can't speak for Brett, obviously, but for me, the fact that my wife is very normy and isn't totally engaged in politics is what makes our relationship better. But also... Brett and I's job is kind of in that sphere. So having somewhere, having people at home that aren't always in that sphere helps keep us pretty balanced. I think it's like a bonus for us because if you did what we do and you never got away from it ever, you would go fucking crazy because <laughs> it's just the world yeah. looks very depressing. The The world looks very depressing from our eyes and it is depressing it fucking sucks there's all kinds of bad shit and it always seems like it's on fire so the fact that there are people 
who don't feel like the world is always on fire and is like not always shit in our lives, I think makes us more balanced and it makes, uh, it, it makes it easier to disconnect from things like Twitter. And it makes it easier to disconnect from a lot of that stuff. Cause I mean, you don't want somebody, I mean, you, I, I can see wanting somebody who's just as passionate as you are about these things. Like I can see the, the idea behind it, but like, I mean, I don't know how you live your life, but I, and I know Brett, just between the two of us, we're both pretty intense people. And like being with another very intense person maybe isn't the best, (laughs) like, setup for a relationship, I guess. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely appreciate the, um, having the, having a contrast. I know that I, if I were, yeah, if I were with somebody who was, exactly the same as me it would be insufferable <laughs> yeah i mean my wife is my I mean, my wife loves uh fucking john oliver like that's probably one of her favorite political <laughs> thought leaders in her mind yep and uh and she's also probably more democrat she i mean she i'm sure she thinks that some of the stuff she sees how and i mean i agree with her some of the stuff positions i hold are things that aren't going to happen in any sort of you know, time period that soon. Um, so really I just, it just comes down to explaining positions and you can't think that you're right. You can't like when it comes, like when it comes to somebody on Twitter, you can say liberal, shut the fuck up, but you can't do that to your partner. You know, you can't just say <laughs> like, a retire bitch we, to your partner. Right. <laughs> you can't say we combat liberalism in this household. We don't spew it. Okay. But I listen, I do that as jokes all the time to my family. And like, I have like, there's been things that like my wife has said where I'm like, well, you know, maybe this is, I don't ever yell at her and I don't like call, do a call out or call in or whatever you call it. I kind of say some people might see what you just said as being, I'll give you an example. I don't want to embarrass her or anything, you know, but it's, it wasn't a hateful thing. When we would make sandwiches, sometimes she would say, who wants a Sambo? Like as a sandwich, right? That, she's not being offensive and she's not being racist when she said it. And she used to say it a lot. And then one day I was just like, you know, I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life in your own house. And I love you. And I don't think that you have any problems with this like i don't think that you're racist i don't think that you're trying to be hateful when you say this but if somebody else heard you say it they might take offense and here's why and then she stopped saying it because like a lot of times they just don't people don't know you know what i mean and it's not like i i think that like uh there are times when you're when you can help like there are times when you can be like, here is, here is what I think. Here's a position that I think. And like, I mean, maybe they'll buy into it, but like my wife goes to all the marches and stuff that most of the marches that I go to, Brett brings his wife to the marches we go to, they're exposed to radical politics. And like, I just think that like, not everybody has to be again, like I said, not everybody has to think that the world is on fire and you know, a lot of people just are living their normal life and that is perfectly okay. Like that is for me, like I need 
to be able to get into a normal situation. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know. I, I, I guess like if you can, if you can talk to your wife, like, Hey, you know, would you want to go to this thing with me? And she went, then she might enjoy, she might get more involved. I mean, and then maybe she won't, but that's not like, I mean, if you love her as a person and you have like a really great relationship, like I love my wife, like, there's nothing I don't I can't think of anybody that I care about more except for you know the kid this is like a whole contest and Brett Brett's my other wife I love him too and um but I I can't like I I don't think that like they need to be as engaged as I am I don't think that they need to make the same choices that I made and I I just as long as they're not as long as she doesn't like join the clan or something like that, which isn't going to happen, or she doesn't become alt right or into like Jordan Peterson, I don't give a shit, man. You know, I looked at her. I looked at like I, the other day. She listens to the show, so she's gonna probably be mad at me. Not really. So I looked at her, like what she thought was her joke, her funny tab under Pinterest. Right one time she was like, you can look at what I pin as like funny stuff. And I looked at it and I was like, you have to fucking hate me. Like you could, there's no way you could like my comedy. But like, seriously though, after every show that our wives have been at, when we leave, they're like, I really, I, you guys are great. I like really get what you do now. Like everybody that sees the live show gets what we do. It's just not like in their face and they don't want to be thinking about this shit all the time. I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and if you also, I don't know what the, what's the dynamic? I mean, is, 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 does she think you're a bummer or do you, yeah, do you get too it's mad? Kind of, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's basically that. Like, uh, like she's also a, a big fan of Trent Oliver, but I've, it's like, it's almost to the point where I can't even watch it anymore because I just get a real grumpy and snarky. You gotta stop me. Um, you gotta let, don't let that take you over. Because <laughs> it yeah. happened to me a yeah, lot too, I mean, dude. I, mean, <laughs> I just told Brett before we started recording that my wife and I started watching Jessica Jones last night, the second season, and I could not, this isn't political at all, but I couldn't stop complaining about it. Like, I, I hated it. Everything. Thing that happened, I was like, I just fucking hate this. And then I realized, like, two and a half episodes in, I was like, is this really fun to watch with me if I'm spending the whole time saying that I, how much I hate it? So I cut it out, and I had to stop. I had to catch myself, you know? And, like, John yeah. Oliver's opinions suck, like, 90% of them, but the people that watch them, their hearts are all, like, I would say that the people that are truly inspired by that guy, their hearts are in the right place, I think. I, I feel that way. Yeah, and I mean that's that's that was like my first baby step in this direction was the Daily Show back in the back in uh, the Bush years. Exactly, uh, me too. I I saw John Stewart live, and now I think he's a dipshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like I, you know, it, it. Everybody's path is different, and you got to think that you're exposing her to ideas. You just have to figure out. I mean, it's the same way Brett and I do. It's mostly sugar. It's yeah, not you, a lot of vinegar. You know what I mean? You, it's mostly, you need to be mostly sugar. Unfortunately, if you love a person, your politics, you can't let your politics, because politics 
grind all of us down all of us people who pay attention and know what's going on and try to exist in radical spaces get grinded down from it and that's our choice and that's something that we choose to do but the people around us don't let it grind them down too you know you 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 take a lot of the pot not everybody responds to that sort of thing the same way and you can just make somebody feel like well what's the damn point i don't want to do anything you know, if nothing's going to yep. work, then what's the goddamn point? And, like, even I feel that way sometimes. But, like, that's because it grinds you down. You could, you can avoid that in, in somebody who you love that is not necessarily as in tune to it. And they're probably going to agree with you most of the time. You know, I'm sure your wife doesn't disagree with you on most things. You know, maybe doesn't see it as practical, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's kind of that hitting it on the head, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta check the corner of your mouth. Make sure that it's always turned up. You don't want to start furrowing your brow or saying like, "No, just look at it how I see it." You can't. You just have to like. She disagrees. So what? That's fine. That's you know. You have a lot of time left to to pick up the conversation and revisit it when it's relevant again. So. Um, you can also shoot for doing it in the in a. I mean, not explaining. Like I'm, I'm not saying you f- could mansplain it, and I'm not saying you could not be pissed. <laughs> but like, there's been times where I've said like, "Well, you know, I don't really like that because," and then I'll explain it, and then say, "But look, if it inspires you, then that's whatever. As long as it's not something disgusting, <laughs> then it's like, it's like as long as like it's in the right ballpark." Then fine, you know, but I I have found that like you watch a John Oliver or something like that and you explain like your position on the thing that he's saying that nobody can get really mad at you as long as your position is like, fuck them. We should burn it all down. You know what I mean? Like that's the position that gets away from that. (laughs) And that's what, but that's what it is to be ground down by this is that there are times where in your mind you see somebody say something that irritates you and what do you do you're like burn it the fuck down fuck this place i'm glad we're fucking burning it and fuck all these humans and i'm glad we're going in extinct <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's definitely uh yeah i definitely hear the uh yeah using uh, yeah i mean if the world's gonna grind you down you might as well have somebody there to to like polish the nub <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a perfect way. I mean, like, my wife makes me really happy that, like, when when I'm talking to her, it's not about this stuff. And like, I don't know how how long how often you're on Twitter and stuff like that, but a lot of times that can dominate so much of your mind, like the things that yeah, are happening there, <laughs> and you need to be able you need to have people in your life that aren't being dominated by that sort of thing because it is sort of an addiction i'm the same way man all those people got mad at me for saying that nobody gives a shit about stalin and then i told my wife and she was like people care about that fuck them who cares you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like oh thank you thank you that is actually the truth <laughs> that is the way to respond to something like that uh, well hey well, buddy it's good to t- thank you guys for the uh Good to talk to you. It's good to talk yeah, to you. Absolutely. Sorry we were all wasted at uh, Joey Janela's spring break, but I hope you enjoyed it. Hey, no worries. That was a lot of fun. Um, 
Did you yeah, see I can't Wal- wait to see did you guys at another live show. Did you see Walter PCO? Where did you get there on time for that? Oh yeah, we were there the whole time. We were sitting up in the up in the nosebleeds. We got a good look at everything. My favorite was the was the fucking Royal Rumble and the Invisible Man getting pile drives. <laughs> yeah, that was that that Walter PCO match is my favorite match of the year so far. So. I just I always ask people because it was insane and everybody thought a fifty year old man was maybe gonna die, <laughs> so it was really fun to watch. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Next time I want to get a closer seat. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Well, thanks for calling in, buddy. We'll we'll talk to you again. We did it, Brett. We got yeah, through all the calls except for a bunch of them hung up because we told him as well hang up. <laughs> I didn't tell him to hang up. No, we didn't. We didn't tell nobody. To hang up. But we around. did it. We did it in under three hours. Brett, Amen. do your thing, baby. Thank you for listening to Street Fight. Uh, as always, you can find everything we do at streetfightradio.com. We're here taking your calls every single Sunday, 11 p.m. Uh, why do you do that? Tear up that audio. I'm sorry about that. Um, you can find us on social media. Street Fight WCRS is our name on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, also on Facebook. There's a special group called the Street Fighters. If you find us... Um, you can get in there. It's one of the best things that happens on Facebook. We also have a Reddit, which I've heard is getting better. They have more than 12 people in there now, I think. So they're going strong. R slash Street Fight Radio. Uh, thank you to Charles for setting that up. We do appreciate it. And we will continue on. We've got a lot of new stuff happening. May is going to have a lot of... Uh, changes in what we do and some new shit that's going to go down and I think it's going to be better for everybody involved so please stick around as we continue (laughs) 